Hello, and welcome to the 17th episode of the Fun Filtered Podcast. I'm Jordan, and I'm joined as always by Sam. Hello. And before we carry on, <laughs> a couple of things we need to get out of the way, I think. Mm. Um, now, we said, was it Jesus was the Patsy of Man? Is. Is the Patsy yes. of Man. Patsy's of Man. <laughs> Jesus is well, the Well, he, he is three people, isn't he? So I suppose he would be. Oh, a pl- he would be the Patsy. He would be a plural, plural. He would be a plural of himself. Is he actually three people? Or is he. Well, like- he's three concepts. Right, okay. Is he, no, no, no. Is, or is God No, God things? is the, the God, the God Son, is the Holy Spirit. Thing. But he's part Jesus of... Jesus is a... He's uh, one of the three. He's a leg of the tripod. Yes. He's part of the trip deck. Yes. So he's kind of part of a three. Well, he no. He forms part of a, a... A third of one thing. Yes. But he himself is not a multiple. No. He is of a collective. Yeah. Okay. Jesus is the patsy of man. Jesus then. is the patsy of man. Okay. At the beginning of... Um, <laughs> Jesus is the Patsy of Man. Uh, we put well, the disclaimer basically saying that if it could be avoided, we would not talk about the coronavirus mm-hmm. because everyone is talking about the coronavirus and the last thing people want to do is talk about the coronavirus. Yes. However, we do need to slightly... Yes. Because we need to explain the absence of our trusted third. Yeah, he died. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to be listening back to this. You know that. Um, in in spirit, <laughs> in a way, <laughs> yes. Eddie, who usually joins us, um, unfortunately, he he's fine. Yeah, it's not unfortunate that he's fine. I, I, I was sort of correcting what I was saying. Yes. Yeah, Eddie is fine. However, he does work in a pub yeah. in a very touristy part of Cardiff mm-hmm. that is currently hemorrhaging staff members. From yes. what I understand. Yeah, we're just being precautious. I mean, like I said, Eddie's fine. Yeah. Um, he could feasibly have been here today, but we just didn't want to take the risk. Yeah, and also he doesn't have access to his equipment at home. No. So unfortunately, we can't do the podcast long distance. No. Which is why he's sort of not with us. No, and we have experimented with Skype remote podcasting. Oh, yeah, that's a just, fucking that nightmare. did not work at all. I don't know how people do it, because a lot of no. YouTube podcasts... Money, take, probably. I don't know, because a lot of lot podcasts that, I've, that I listen to are comprised of people who live in like on like different continents. Right. You know? So they're obviously doing it via Skype or Discord or whatever. We yeah. just couldn't get it. We no. couldn't get it to work. Yeah, so it's just us two, basically. <laughs> you're, just to, you're just going to have to put up with us for the time being. So yeah, we'll move away from coronavirus. Yes. Because I felt like we were about to start a conversation no. on that. And we don't want to do that. I'm not going there. No. I feel like it's one of those things that's probably going to be more interesting to talk about in hindsight, though, isn't it? Interesting. The thing is, it's not as if like we have unique experience. It's not as if this no. is like it's not like the flood, for example, where that was like a very specific thing. No, I know we didn't really talk about that and how it like affected us personally. Mm. But it's not as if the world flooded. No, whereas the world is infected at the moment. Yes. So maybe in hindsight, when this virus has passed, it'll be more interesting to sort of be like, oh, this is how it affected us. This is sort of what our governments or our like local communities did to kind of yeah. combat it. I I saw I said as much in the uh, the pre essay uh, last week, but I think you know the news about it is is minute to minute, and commenting on any kind of social phenomena, I think might also be kind of transitory, and okay. so yeah, it probably is worth looking at in hindsight. Yeah, because yeah, I've already noticed trends and this and that. Well, that's a fair point actually, because like yeah, it, it's entirely possible that we'll have a conversation about it, mm. and by the end of this recording session, it'll mm. be obsolete. Yeah, yeah, That's exactly, how quickly yeah. things seem to be changing at the moment. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we'll wait till it's all blown over. Yeah. Hopefully in, by the end of the year. Yeah. Yeah. So other things, other things yes. to talk about. What can we talk about? Well, we both watched The Hunt. We did, yes. Yeah. Finally. <laughs> uh, well, I suppose, yeah. Well, The the, the Hunt, uh, for those who don't know, was it never going to come out? Was that the idea? Uh, well, I, don't, I was under the impression that was the case. Okay. 
But it was in response to a topical issue. That being... A shooting. Right, okay. They do this all the time. If there's a real-world shooting, then a film that has a sniper in it or... Oh, yeah. You know, like a mass shooting on television. Oh, there's been a few instances of that. There was a game, Modestum Apocalypse, it was called. I've heard of that. In 2000. It's a car game. It's a racing game, okay. yeah. Uh, but it's set during a, a city that's sort of hit by an earthquake. Mm-hmm. And the courses are kind of like fragments of the city that are sort right. of falling apart around you. But that was due to release around about the time of like a very... It was 2011. I think there was like a pretty serious earthquake in China or Haiti. something. Haiti, that's it. Yeah. So they had to delay the re- release of that. There was an episode of Doctor Who that featured a beheading. And a that what? A beheading. Oh, beheading, right. Um, and that was due to where just after an ISIS... Video there was that sort of Doctor Who that was set to feature a beheading. It was it was a robot beheading. Okay, it was a human beheading. <laughs> An extra trash. But that was beheading. sort of the reveal. Was right. you thought it was a human, oh, and then they were beheaded, and it was a robot. Okay. But they had to cut that scene. Did um, the Muslim extremists decapitate the robot? No, no, <laughs> no. It was not. Like, <laughs> okay. It was just like, oh right. shit, beheading. We should probably not. Okay, just you know, yeah. bit sensitive at the moment. Yeah, so, yeah. There's been loads of instances like that. Yeah, um, I can't remember which shooting in America. God knows at this point. Like you know, they all blur into one, don't they? Yeah, pretty but, much. Um, yeah, I can't remember which one it was. What probably most recent one? What, what was the most recent shooting? Well, what was the date that it was supposed to come out? Wasn't it like it was the end of last year? Wasn't it? Yeah, November time, September yeah. time. Got no track of Generally these things. No idea. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, there was a shooting, and the film contains a lot of shooting. So yes. Oh, maybe it was actually the politics. There was an overlap well, slightly the studio as well. Outright dropped it, didn't it? Did they? I think so because it was originally Universal. <clears throat> I think. Right. I remember seeing. I remember there was some like. We'll get onto what the film is in a moment. Yeah. Don't worry, in case you don't know what we're on about. Uh, but initially, the film was called Red State versus Blue State. Yeah. And then Universal had to come out and publicly deny that that was ever the title. Right. Because of the implications of it. Right. Because obviously, you know, Red State, Blue State, Dem- Democrat, Republican. Yeah. Um, Even though that's what the film is. Yes, but I, you know. Yeah. That's the problem with these sort of things, isn't it? And I don't think Universal have anything to do with them because it's Blumhouse that have released this now. Yeah. So I think Universal dropped out entirely, which is it. why the film... I could be wrong, but I yeah. think that's why the film disappeared for a while. I wasn't anticipating it, in the, like eagerly anticipating it. Well, you were in the sense that it was written by Damon Lindelof. Yes. And I think Nick Cuse. Okay. Um, Who is... Uh, well, those two wrote were writers on the leftovers and wrote the kind of the best episodes of that show. Okay, so interested, but the fact that it came out like I didn't hear he was doing this. The film came out of nowhere. Yeah, it's like oh, what, what's this? The Hunt, Damon mm. Lindelof involved. Yeah, I don't remember it being like announced that he was doing this film. Right. Uh, so I didn't expect it to be very good, and he doesn't have a great track record in film. Anymore. No, TV is definitely his dominion. Isn't yeah, it? absolutely. So I wasn't excited for it. It okay. was more just. Yeah, and when it got canned, I thought it was permanent. Right. And then all of a sudden it was being released. I go, okay. Yeah. Well, considering that this show, this show often veers into the, not quite the political, but it skirts around the edges of it. Um, <laughs> it has done, yes. It has done. Yeah. And we're not shy of controversy. Okay. Then I'm not shy of controversy. <laughs> uh, I thought it'd be an interesting film to talk about. Okay. Even, even if the reviews weren't great. Yes. Well, it is uh, sort of interesting because you brought it to my attention that the film was about a bunch of leftist elitists yes hunting working class republicans Mm -hmm. which I found very interesting because I'd have thought and I think a lot of people would have thought Mm -hmm. that the plot that we would usually get is right wingers hunting left wingers yes the lefties are the heroes they're the underdogs they have to overthrow the bigoted gun toting yeah we want to get rid of all the immigrants Yeah, yeah exactly um, um, yeah, that, that's what you'd expect. I mean, and the fact that Damon Lindelof was a writer and he's very not of the right. 
Yes. So it is a bit of a surprise. Yeah. But obviously, it was it was kind of a political football in a sense. Yeah, People left wingers were, were saying it. the film was very no. Uh, right wingers were saying the film was very left wing. Yeah. Uh, because of how it treated the right wing yeah. characters, left wingers were saying, "Oh, the film is actually quite quite right wing because yeah. the right wingers are the ones who are being hunted." Yeah. And, all that kind of it stuff. It kind of reminded me of the uh, furore over Benioff and Weiss's proposed slavery HBO drama. Confederate? In the sense of... Is yeah, Confederate, yeah, yeah. Where slavery had never been abolished. Uh, yeah, I think it was maybe present day. Yeah, present day. Yeah. In the South. Yeah. And people saying, oh, how can they make this, you know, advance this as a thesis, you know, as if it was a thesis. Yeah. Is there any chance they're going to make a show that argues that the That glorifies slavery, for, exactly. For, yeah, yeah. slavery. Sort of the same thing. I'm like, well, I highly suspect that this hyperbolic, overblown red state versus blue state thing is going to try to be a commentary on uh, attitudes to, yes. you know, stereotypes yeah. and that sort of thing. Yeah. And that is what it's trying to do. Yes, this film doesn't seem to like anyone political, I would argue. I would argue that this is, it's a political film in that politics feature. Yeah, it was a film with politics in it. It's a film with politics in it, but the film itself is not, it doesn't come down on the left or the right. No, it's trying to just not unite necessarily, but illustrate what what any child knows that, you know what, these people think this about this group, these people think this about this group, but they're both kind of wrong, you know, and we've all got a common... Yeah, I kind of feel like it's sort of supposed to appeal to what's probably the vast majority of people, which are the people who just can't be dealing with political discourse. It's just like, oh, everyone's just shouting at each other, and it's all like, everyone's making bad points, and everyone's treating the other side like shit, and I just want no part of it. But I think if you're not uh, engaged with that stuff anyway... Mm. You're not really gonna not not understand because it's pretty basic, but a lot of the the references and what it's about is just gonna go over your head. I don't know. I felt like it was a very well. Everyone in the film is a caricature. Yeah, and it all it's it's all the cliches of either side. Yeah, the left wingers are constantly checking each other's privilege, treating the other people like shit for being white and all that kind of shit. Mm-hmm. And then the right wingers are all very like unlikable. They seem to act against their own self interest rather than sort of be helped or be told what to do by minorities and all mm. that kind of stuff. Anti-immigrant conspiracy and, theories. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's all that kind of yeah. stuff. So yeah, it's sort of like the cliche of both sides Yeah, is sort of being depicted here. And the woman who ends up being the character that we follow mm. has no discernible political leaning. She doesn't seem to no. be left-wing or right-wing. No. She's just kind of apolitical. Yeah, the vibe I got from it is occasionally if it's three or four o'clock in the morning and you've been watching, you've been binge-watching something and mm. then you're done and you just have a conversation and you're, both, you're very tired and then a nugget of an idea, you go, ooh, that'd be a cool screenplay to write. Yeah. And then you decide together you're going to write the screenplay the starting the next day. And then this is what happens if you actually did that. Right, okay. I'm like, oh man, we could do like, it's brilliant, Trump's now in power. We could, there's all this shrieking hysteria on both sides. Yeah. We could do a, you know, man is the most dangerous game thing with liberals and with Republicans. Yeah. Democrats and uh, Republicans. But it's one of those things like, yeah, maybe it it sounded good at three o'clock in the morning Mm. when you were having that conversation. But in practice, not only does it date it terribly, I think this film is going to be obsolete within five, ten years. Why? I don't feel like there's anything other than... Well, because it's, it's all basket of deplorables and Trump and, you know, when... Did they mention Trump at all? Yeah, I, I know they, like, you know, oh, they're supposed to be talking about Trump. Do they actually mention Trump? At the beginning. I don't know if, if he's directly referenced. Well, they say, have you seen what our idiot messages? leader... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, him, that could it? just be, you know... 
But it's clearly him. It's clearly Trump. Yeah. And we know yeah. it's Trump because it's set at the time of Trump. Yes. And they use the word deplorables as yes. well. Yes. Well, but you could, like, what? Well, that's one of those things where, oh, you could argue, like, 20 years down the road when we have a different president. Like, oh, he's still an idiot. Oh, so this is always going to, this divide is always going to exist. Yeah. But I think it's, um, Damon Lindelof, I love his writing on television. Yeah. But he does have a, as a lot of liberals do, a streak of the sanctimonious in him, right? Okay. And I've seen it expressed on Instagram and other and Twitter when he was on it. Now it feels like his attempt to go because he, of his own admission, he's in the Hollywood bubble. Okay. Says so that he he reads all the books that a woke person is supposed to read. Right. And you know, or pretends to have read them, that okay. sort of thing. The film wants to generate the response from the bubble, going, "Oh man, you were brave to de- depict us as the villains." You okay. know what? You've made me rethink how I think about the other side. Oh, okay. And for people to go, "Oh wow, yeah," the expectation would be. That the Republicans would be the villains because you don't see the liberals being the villain and villains in mainstream. Yes, yeah, yeah. Um, how daring? Mm. How you know, mold shattering? Yeah. And the film is just not much of anything, really, is it? No, it's a very um, well. Like I said, because everyone is a caricature. Mm. It's very simple. I mean, the the, yeah. the the film itself, this type of film, Man is the Most Dangerous Game, Hunger Games, mm. whatever reference mm. best suits you. It's a very simple film, isn't it? Yeah, it's just but like, not simple good though. No, no, it's it's literally just it's it's a premise. It's not a plot. It's a premise. Exactly. People yeah. are in a field being hunted. Someone has to survive. Yes. That's the film, basically. Yeah, yeah. And in the beginning, it feels like it's kind of doing. It's trying to do with something interesting. We sort of have the opening scene mm-hmm. where you're introduced to the villains on mm-hmm. a, like a plane, and then this like blonde girl wakes up in a field. Yeah. And then everyone starts to like you know wake up and they find this like box full of ammunition mm-hmm. and like guns and stuff. The and mystery box. The, the mystery box, yes. Well, that's a J.J. Abrams mm. thing, isn't it? I don't know if Lindelof... There's an affiliation, isn't there? I know, but I don't know yeah. if Lindelof uh, directly subscribes to that sort of... I don't know. Uh, ...thinking. Well, he likes mysteries. I know he likes yeah. mysteries, but I don't know if mystery box is something that he's taken forward. Anyway. Yes. Yeah, so the way it's filmed and the way... It, you're, you're expecting this blonde girl to be the main character. Emma Roberts. Emma Roberts, yeah. yes. And also it's Emma Roberts. Yes. A somewhat well-known... Is she the most famous person in the film, other than Hilary Swank? Arguably, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's a known person in a cast of unknown... Generally unknown. Generally unknowns. I mean, the, uh, the, the next dude we follow... He's in a show called This Is Us, which is very popular at the minute. I see. And I feel like he played Green Arrow on Smallville or something. Oh, right. So okay. he's fairly yeah. well-known at the minute. Well, that kind of plays in as well, because what I was going to say is that happens, and then they start getting shot at, yeah. and then Emma Roberts is killed. Instantly. Instantly. Yeah. So you're like, oh, okay, we thought she was going to be the main character, yeah. and now she's dead. Yeah. Then it goes to Green Arrow guy. Yeah. We start following him, then he gets killed yes. immediately. So it's sort of like, it, it sort of made me think that of... Um, the, in the initial script for Lost, wasn't Jack supposed to die? Uh, yeah. Yeah, he was supposed to be killed. Mm-hmm. And then the producers were like, oh, you can't do that because people are not going to... You're, you're teaching the audience not to care about anybody. Yes. If you do that, yeah. If you do that, yeah. So this kind of felt like David, Damon Lindelof getting it out of his system. Yeah. He's I'm way, finally going to kill all yeah. these main characters. And he kills a few of them before we eventually settle on yes. who our main character is. Yeah, I found that quite irritating. Like, not frustrating in the... Oh, you got me. Yeah. It was more just, I get it. I get the thing. Because, yeah, we have a couple of those, and then we follow a little group. Like, oh, we're with this group then. Yes. And they end up in this store. And then they end up in this store. Yeah. Then they get killed they by leftists. Yeah. Then we start following the leftists. And yeah, you think, yeah. oh, this is, these are the characters now. Yeah, yeah. We, we, were, we were made to think that we were following the Republicans. Now we're going to follow the liberals. Yeah, I was getting And then they it. get killed. Yeah. And it's like, wow, you really are getting this out of your system, yeah. aren't you? 
Yeah. Um, but again, that sort of feels like a, like you said, like a conversation at three o'clock in, in the morning where it's like, oh, what if we make this film where like the main character dies yeah. and then the next guy dies and, you know, the type of thing that sounds clever yeah. when you're sort of talking about it. But it's difficult, if not impossible, to pull off. Well, I, I don't know what level they're trying to pitch the film because... It's sort of trying to make sincere political points. Yeah, the tone was an issue yeah. for me. Is but it, it's is it also trying to be an action comedy thriller. Yeah, it's an action comedy yeah. thriller and a political... Um, satire. Yeah. I guess, satire. Maybe that's the... Maybe it's bad satire. Maybe that's the best way of describing it. Yeah. It's also trying to be an irreverent, funny, bloody movie. Yes. And uh, I think that's... Inventive part, kills. Yeah, and I think that's sort of part of... If you go off this idea that I proposed, that mm. the film is to sort of speak to the apolitical amongst us, sort of go look we know Mm -hmm. this kind of political it's so noisy and it's so like yeah I know that it's shit and I know you people are out there and this film is supposed to appeal to you yeah it feels like the film is sort of like taking politics which Mm. is something that people typically want to avoid and it's putting it in a a very crowd pleasing movie yeah accessible yeah it's kind of like like you said it's irreverent and it's like Mm. gory and it's fun and it's the Mm. type of film that people go oh yeah we should go watch this like fun trashy movie Mm. And it's sort of putting the politics in that. Mm. I think maybe as a mechanism to get that point out to as many people as possible. Yeah. Problem is it's not fun. I didn't find it that fun. No, the violence isn't creative enough. No. Because, yeah, when the fact that they kill off so many main characters in one go and the fact that no one has any level of depth to them whatsoever, mm-hmm. you don't care about anyone. Yeah. And the violence isn't creative enough to carry the film. Mm-hmm. And the satire isn't deep enough to carry the film either mm-hmm. so there's sort of nothing really to latch onto. no and at the same time though that's the problem because you sort of spend time kind of like because no one's being depicted as the better side mm. you kind of naturally I, I, I at least naturally found myself kind of digging into it going right what exactly am I supposed to think about this now yeah. and then a joke would happen or mm. like a comedic beat would happen and I'd go oh okay that's weird that's yeah. sort of like thrown me off slightly mm-hmm yeah, so yeah, the tone is definitely it, in it. feels like the worst of both worlds. It's not. It's satire that's not deep, and yeah. it's sort of action comedy that is neither thrilling or funny enough. I think it wants to think that it's playful in the sense of the 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 mismatch of tones is like an interesting endeavor, and it is in theory. It is in the theory because yeah. I've heard interviews with Damon Lindelof where he said it was about Watchmen. I think he loves it when he's watching something and doesn't know what it is that he's watching. That it can change on, on the turn of a heel. Well, right? this was certainly that. I'll, I'll, I'll give it. Well, that. but that's the thing. So, okay, there's the, there's a a scene where two of the two of the uh, characters being hunted mm-hmm. are escaping on a train. Yes, and then there's a family of immigrants yeah. on hiding on the train, but yeah. they're not. They're actors. Well, one of them one is. of them is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what, yeah. There's a Republican who's saying they're crisis actors, uh, and then one confirms that he is, and he just shut shut his mouth. Yeah, and then he gets killed by the Republican. Yes. You're supposed to go, oh man, what, I don't know what I'm supposed to think. Yeah. It's like, yeah, what am I supposed to think? I don't want to be told yes. exactly what to feel or think, but at the same time, I need to feel or think something. Yeah, you do kind of need something to latch on to. Yeah, because a moment like that, where it is an actor and then he gets killed, he yeah. get, and he blows up with a gun raid, right? Yeah. It's quite comical in a way how it happens. Yes. Right. That in another film could be the point where you're kind of observing the futility of like, oh, oh no, he's just dead. And like that, he's dead. Yeah. Um, or <laughs> he just died in a funny way. Yeah. Yeah, because he gets a grenade shoved down, down his, his trousers. trousers. It's like, 
I'm right, am I supposed to be on his side? Yeah. Not... Yeah, it's it's all over the place. Yeah. Even, even the main character, Crystal, her name is, right? Yeah. Who's she played by? Betty Gilpin. Is that a person? She's in the show Glow on Netflix about wrestling, female wrestlers. Okay. And she was in Masters of Sex. That's the only two things I've right, seen her. Right, okay. Yeah, even she's kind of a dick. Yeah, kind no, of. Well, not, well not, she's meant to be the... Not a dick, but she's very abrasive, isn't mm. she? She's very, like, monosyllabic and... No nonsense. No nonsense. Suffers no fools. Yeah. There's, like, a moment where she's walking with somebody, and then she, like, starts to... She pulls her trousers down to, like, take a shit. Yeah, yeah. Without, like, warning the guy. Yes. And she's like, oh, okay, you're you're, just, you're not relatable. Women, <laughs> you know? women can be men, too. There's Is it a, that? There's a bit of that. Okay. Um, you know, the stern, kind of laconic uh, archetype. Right, okay, I see. Typified by men, historically, obviously, because women don't shut the fuck up. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he's off. I'm, I'm doing this off the back of finding out that half of our audience is female. <laughs> oh, yeah, that really surprised yeah, us. Yeah. Um, so if you still, fair play to you, you <laughs> yeah. know, fair play. Yeah. Yeah, it's a bit bland, isn't it? It's yeah. Bit, I, I, I'm, I wonder how it started life. Was it an idea by two writers going, oh, let's write this script, and then they sold that script? Was it the studio wanting to make that kind of film? Yeah. I'm interested. It was probably the former, right? It was those two going, those two working on the leftovers together, and then mm. Watchmen, I think. It, you know what? It, it does sort of feel, I know there's this political d- uh, discourse within it, mm. but it does kind of feel like a decompression after doing a show like The Leftovers or Watchmen. Watchmen, where they're, they're kind of doing politics, but it's more racial politics, and it's mm. very tightly tightly wound, yeah. and it's taking itself seriously, even while being fun. It's taking itself very, very seriously. seriously. Yeah, and it's sort of it yeah. is like you do have to sort of pay attention to what's happening. Yes, because it is easy to kind of lose the thread of a couple of things. This is Danny Boyle making trance when he wasn't doing the Olympics. Yes, exactly. Yeah. It does feel like that. But yeah, I don't know. I expected more of Lindelof. This doesn't feel like I, I Lindelof's well. mo. No. It feels too basic for Lindelof. Ve- yeah, very. Yeah. Which again is ma- why it makes me think of oh fuck it, should we just should we just do it? Let's just write this. Yeah. Thing. Because the only time... Because the dialogue is purely functional. There's no uh, poetry or colour to the dialogue whatsoever. There's like two moments where it feels like the characters are... Like you're supposed to read into what the characters are saying. Mm. And that's the story that Bristol says about the... What what, what was the right... Tells? Tells. (laughs) The story that Crystal tells to the guy about like the rabbit and the turtle. Yes. And at the end, where they're talking about like Animal Farm and like, oh, you're our snowball. Mm -hmm. Where it feels like, okay, we're supposed to read into this. Well, I think what you're supposed to read into that is because she says, you read Animal Farm? She's surprised at her fluency in kind of literature. Yeah. Like, I don't oh, know. You're, is, you're a redneck. Like, oh, you read you read a book. Well, is that the... Uh, yeah, I was wondering, actually. Is the cliche of a Republican, would they have never read Animal Farm? A cliche of Republicans, they would never have read a book. Oh, I see. Okay. But is Animal Farm considered a very leftist thing? Or is it just I, the I fact mean, that reading books is cultured and left-wingers are cultured well, and blah, blah, blah? Well, Animal Farm is a satire on communism. Right. So it's uh, a critique of communism. I see. So okay. it's not hard left. No, no. I think George Orwell was a lefty. That could be wrong. Okay. Oh yeah, there's a pig in this called Orwell, isn't there? Yes. That as well. That kind of feels Which like okay. Pig animal farm. Yeah, the, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But that feels like okay. That might be about something on the nose. Yeah. The oh, there was also that. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I didn't know whether that was the idea. The like, you know, oh, you read Animal Farm? That's supposed to be like a yeah. Oh shit, you're you know. But it sort of feels, in a way, weirdly appropriate. It's like that's the correct. Uh, that's how much reading this film has done. You know, what I mean, like, oh, I'm going to do a satire about a political satire. 
and my reference point will be Animal Animal Farm. Mm. That that is your entry level to political satire. It's it's the it's the same as those like coming of age films that feature Catcher in the Rye. They have a character reading Catcher yes, in the Rye. Yes, exactly isn't that. It? Like yeah. I read Animal Farm literally as a child. Yes, it's very it's 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 kind of like a children's book. It's very easy to read. Okay. But, you know, the lessons in there are a bit more sophisticated, obviously. Of course, yeah. Um, but yeah, that kind of is oddly appropriate. It's like, yeah, that's about where you're at. Yeah. You know, you're not yeah. as good as Animal Farm, but you're, in in uh, terms of complexity, you're pitched at that level. Yes. You know? Yeah. Uh, this film has never read a book by Thomas Sowell or any or Adam Smith. <laughs> like a great economist. Don't even know no, who these people are. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, Adam Smith is just an economist I pulled up my ass. Okay. But Thomas Sowell is like a Republican economist. And, I yeah. see. Okay. Um, I haven't either. Okay. I want to say, I, my my intelligence is broad but shallow. We may have <laughs> like, covered this before, but like I've read the spark notes on the things you're supposed to know right. about authors and economists. I see. Okay. I, if you say, if you heard of Thomas Sowell, I can go, yes. <laughs> but I can tell, he's black and, and that's all I got. think you've read it and <laughs> yes, be like, exactly. oh shit, this guy knows things. Yeah. yeah, no, not, not enough meat on the bone. No. Uh, not enough of anything, really. I mean, no. I did expect better. You did or you didn't? I did. You e- did expect e- better. Even though okay. it's Lindelof back in the world of film, yeah. I did still expect better. Because yeah. I, I thought it was an interesting pairing, you know? Like, they wrote uh, an episode of Leftovers called International Assassin. Which, which you hold in very high regard. Very high regard. Yeah. It's one of the best episodes of anything ever, in right. my opinion. Okay. And I think it's generally he- held in quite high regard okay. uh, by critics and, and you know, that yeah. ilk. So I was expecting something, a bit of like, I can see the Lindelof in there. Yeah. And I did. I saw the Lindelof in the moments where there's a box and then, ooh, the character you think you're going to be following gets killed. Yeah. But that was sort of it. Yeah, there's like a couple of like clever little moments yeah. where you feel like, okay, that's like a smart writer wrote that. The fact that, obviously, we've already spoiled a lot of things, but they think they're in Arkansas and they're actually in Georgia. Yes, she, right? she figures it out because they give her too much change. Or Bosnia. Yes. Uh, yeah. Croatia. It's Croatia, Croatia, sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, um, are we supposed to not know? I only say that because I've been to Croatia, so I recognise the number plate immediately. All right, okay. But the character doesn't immediately figure out that she's in Croatia. I think we're so. I don't know if know. that's supposed to be ambiguous at that point. Well, I didn't know. Okay. I mean, yeah, like, yeah, it, like it, it sh- might literally just be that I used to go there a lot as a child. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just recognise the. Well, the, the shop is set up to be like a mom and pop store in Arkansas. Yeah, yeah exactly. So, um, but yeah, they give her too much change. Yeah. But then she figures it out. And it's non-verbal. You yeah. know she's figured something out, yeah. but she doesn't indicate what. So mm-hmm. she kills one of the people. Mm-hmm. And then just as she kills the other person, she goes, the change for cigarettes is blah, blah, blah. And I can so, you fucked up. And it's so like over the top. Yeah. It's like, oh, okay. You meant to go, oh, this is awesome. This yeah. is so silly. and But it's just silly. Her performance is quite strange. Uh, the lead? Yeah. In what way? She's got a lot of, like, interesting little ticks. Okay. And I'm not sure what they're supposed to indicate. Right. Like, there's the moment where she's sort of having the speech to... She's sort of speaking to... You know in the bunker at the end? Yeah. Where she kind of slaughters everyone just before she goes to meet Hilary Swank. Mm-hmm. And the soldier is alive. Yeah. And she's sort of talking about how she served... Crystal now. Yeah. How she served in Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. And you can see, like, a tear rolling down her face and it's right. supposed to be emotional. But then she, like, pulls a weird face... Okay. She kind of goes, mm, and she's sort of like, like guns. A, yeah, kind yeah. of. And there's like moments when she's fighting where she's sort of like making these weird like verbalizations and sort of like chuckling to herself almost. Yeah. And I don't know whether, I don't know what that's supposed to say about the character. I don't know whether it's supposed to be like, oh, she's kind of traumatized from war and these are like weird, these kind of weird ticks or a side effect or whether yeah. um, 
it's supposed to dehumanize her almost because she's supposed to be like a Rambo where she's sort of like a, a badass action hero. So she's yeah. sort of laughing in the face of danger. I don't know Honestly, quite what's happening. Honestly, I think you've thought about it more than the director did. I, okay. I would put it down to two things. One, just the director who, who had zero control, not like had it taken away from him, but just mm. had no control over what was going on. Yeah. And so the actors could basically do whatever they wanted. Okay. And B, that's like acting school stuff. Like give little texts that suggest yeah, car, you know. But I don't know, because, like, in Prisoners, for example, where Jake Gyllenhaal, he blinks, doesn't he? Yeah. He, like, really, mm-hmm. really blinks. Like, like yeah, strong blink? Yeah, heavy yeah, blinking. Yeah, yeah. God, it's just, this film has made me dumber. <laughs> um, yeah, he's sort of, like, very heavy blinking. Like, that's a, that's a noticeable character beat. Yeah. But it's not distracting. It's just something you pick up. It's like yeah. oh, that's well, it's, it's in a it's in a well regulated film as well. That's the thing, you know. Yeah, but it's sort of like oh, that feels that there's no reason for that to be there. No, that's pure um, yeah color. Yeah, pure but that detail, detail sort of weirdly adds depth to him. Yes, well, I, I, in that very specific example, I've seen interviews with John Hall where he said uh, for prisoners, the idea is that the character used to be a drug addict, and so he has residual I see little okay. text that he picked up. Yeah. Yeah, and you can see he's got tattoos all up his arm and everything. So you can sort of do so. Maybe he was undercover and, you know. Yeah. Yeah, like details that do suggest depth, you know? Yes. Like, it is It is lazy. Like, as a writer, you kind of advise not to do that. Mm. Like, oh, the character is he's got a limp. You know? Yes. Uh, they do it a lot in Boardwalk Empire as well, because we're watching that at the moment. Yes, but they do it well, crucially. They do do it yes. well, but yeah, like this character will refer to himself in the, in the third, third person. Yeah. This character has like a weird laugh. Yes. There's little ticks like that yeah. that make them like immediately identifiable. Yeah, and again, that's fine as long as there's more than that. Yeah, um, but they don't really delay, they don't sort of interrupt the flow of things. I know in no. Boardwalk Empire, there's a couple of instances where they'll directly reference the character tick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like in Prisoners, for example, Jake Gyllenhaal just blinks. Yeah, no so one goes, why are you blinking like that? He no, just no. blinks. Whereas in this, she's like pausing during a fight to make a weird face. Yes, unlike in uh, Nightcrawler, for example. Yeah. The, like the not blinking at all thing. Yes, yeah. I doubt that was directed. I could be wrong, mm. but that was him probably going, oh, I should always be very like intense. And, yeah. And again, things like that that suggest things rather than this where you go, what are you doing? Yes. I'm not getting anything from this. Yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah. I wouldn't recommend it. I don't think there's anything to be got from it. Not really. Um, no protein, no sugar. Yeah. Nothing. What is it with Hilary Swank and turning I, up at the end of films? I don't like Hilary Swank, i got to say. <laughs> okay. I'm just not a fan of her. There's right. something about her that turns my stomach every time I see her. Uh, but yeah, in Logan Lucky, which came out 2017, yeah. I think, uh, she turns up at the very end of that. And in this film, she kind of turns up at the very end as well. Yeah, it's sort of a reveal that she's in it, isn't it? Yeah, I don't know. I I felt like when the camera sort of pans around her, because mm. the problem as well, because there are so many like twists and turns in the film. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, this character's dead. Now this character's dead. Oh, this character isn't trustworthy. And this character isn't trustworthy. Yeah. Like, I thought at that point the reveal was going to be that Crystal was the main bad guy. Yeah. And it, the film is going to try and contrive why yes. she's killed everyone, but yeah. also she was in control. Well, you're meant to sympathise with them, aren't you? Because... Uh, What's the big the, the big twist for the liberals is they've all been cancelled, right? Yeah, the idea is that they've all um, at the beginning of the film you see like a series of text messages where they refer yeah, to the hunt. Chat. Yeah, and basically the idea is that the hunt is this conspiracy mm. in which right wingers believe that these left wingers mm. are capturing right wing people, mm. taking them out to this place and hunting them down for sport. Yes, the film then happens mm-hmm. and that seems to be confirmed. Yes, but then Hilary Swank says, "Oh, the reason that we did this is because you made up this bullshit." Yeah. 
we all got cancelled for it. Yeah. So as revenge, we did it. Which I find really interesting because and I, I don't know maybe whether I don't know whether this is it was intended to invert an expectation or invert a, a stereotype, I suppose. Yeah. Or is indicative of the ignorance of the writers because cancel culture is pretty much exclusively a leftist domain. Yes. Right wingers don't cancel each other. No. No. Sometimes to their detriment. They let Nazis speak sometimes. Yeah, yeah. So it's very interesting. Like, oh, we all got cancelled because of you. It's like, no, that you got. That's the wrong way around. But I don't know whether they were trying to go. Oh, look, see, the left can be cancelled as well. Yeah, I don't know because yeah, she says that, and her big thing is like your paranoia created the thing that you were afraid of. Yeah. So I think you're supposed to go. Oh, that's the point of things. But I, 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 hate, then, I hate that justification. But then, almost immediately, Crystal reveals that she's actually the wrong Crystal. Yeah, yeah. They just, instead of the person who mm. said, like, oh, you did these things, mm. she's just, like, a random person that they picked up by accident. Yeah, yeah. So it all it, it immediately sort of diverts away from the politics. Mm-hmm. And that's another example of, like, well, what is this film doing? Because you've just introduced this very sort of politically entrenched idea that seems to be the foundation of well, it is. It's the foundation of everything that happens mm. in this film. It's why the events of these film of this film happens. Yeah, and then you've immediately discarded it. Yeah, you're not going to explore it. It's like, oh no, this person is. I'm here by accident. Let's fight now. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, for one, I think that maybe this is a term right for Sam's lexicon, or actually an idea right for Sam's lexicon. Okay. Do um, we play the theme song? No, or? I don't have the term yet. Oh, I see. But okay. I've got. The, I've got the idea. Um, for me basically 100% of the time but there might be some rare exceptions mm-hmm. you're not allowed to do a, a, a you know a camera reveal in a film for an actor you can do it for a character okay. who was this character all along yes you're not allowed to do it for an actor like, because that is completely film breaking it's going we got this actor to be in the film yes yeah in Indiana Jones, like, you know, but that's the character, you know? The Expendables, for example, when Arnold Schwarzenegger walks in. Yeah. at the time he wasn't yeah, making that films. that is fine. Yeah. Like, a weird example, Under Siege 2. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right? Which the best is, film ever made, right? It's, it's up there. Yeah. You go to watch that for a dumb Steven Seagal film. Yes. And so I kind of allow it when he pulls up outside the restaurant in, in the beginning and his head is turned away from the camera and then he turns and looks and the music surges. Right, okay. For no reason. Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh yeah, look, it's Steven Seagal. That's what the film is saying. Yeah. That's but other than that, like, ooh, it's Hilary Swank. Who cares? Yeah. Who knows who Hilary Swank is? Like, well, obviously we do, but generationally. Okay. Is she the big look I, we got I, Hilary I've, Swank? I have genuinely no idea where she stands in the, the pantheon of the She won culture. an Oscar in like ninety nine and two thousand and four. Okay. And now I think there was an episode of The Office that was dedicated to is she hot or not? I can't tell. Oh, they're uh, they're equivalent that. of um the Nick Cage episode in Community. Is he a good actor or a bad yeah. actor? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. Yeah, maybe I'll, I'll think of a term for that and we can slot it in okay. at some point. All right. And I know it's sort of, we're, all, we're kind of covering the same point over and over again. Mm. But like at the end of the film where the fight is sort of over and they're both like dying mm. and Hilary Swank is like, be honest with me now, are you the real Crystal? And mm. she goes, I'm genuinely not the real Crystal. Yeah. And Hilary Swank goes, whoops. Yeah. And yeah. then she dies. Dies. Oh, that's funny. Is it? That's what you meant to think, right? Okay. Ooh, how irreverent. Yeah. How iconoclastic. They, you know, they threw a grenade into the cathartic ending. Yeah. I kind of think it's... I get, But on a separate point, I hate that justification. I've seen that in other TV shows and in life. People saying, oh, if you think I'm a, I'm a this, then fuck it, I'm going to be a this. 
What kind of an excuse is that? Yeah, but that's the th- and I don't know whether this is good writing or not. The idea that or whether it's again, it's just me looking into it. Mm. But you have that reveal that of the justification, like, oh, you said I did these things, yeah. so I did these things to prove you right. I hope you're happy with yourself. Yeah, yeah, and exactly. Then, and then at the very end, she calls her snowball. Yeah, Animal Farm snowball is yeah, like yeah. a head pig or something. Napoleon is the head pig, but I can't. I stumble my. They feet. say in the film, I yeah, think yeah, snowball yeah. is like the idealist. Maybe I can't remember the. Characters. The pigs turn on him or something because he gets ideas about his station or something like that. Yeah, well, there's that rule, isn't it? Um, all animals are equal, but some animals are more equal than others. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And then Crystal goes, "Actually, you got it wrong because mm. blah 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 blah." Yeah. So in that instance, I think you, Hilary Swank, you should be the snowball. Yes. And I don't know whether that's supposed to, whether that's the film saying. Whether that's the film showing that Hilary Swank doesn't know what the fuck she's on about. Right. So it's sort of, it's supporting the idea that Hilary Swank is in the wrong. Or whether it's just another detail that the film is throwing on fire. Here's the thing. Again, God knows because of how muddled the film is. But I don't think you're meant to ever think, broadly speaking, I think you're meant to think Hilary Swank and that lot are in the wrong, but politically they're neutral. Both are like misunderstanding each other misrepresenting each other okay but the liberals are the bad guys but not because they're liberals just right. in this particular example I but I think that thing at the end is meant to be uh, showing oh look a republican who's dexterous with literature right I genuinely think that's what it is okay uh, that's meant to surprise Hillary like oh look, look at you yeah. good for you you can write a book okay um <laughs> yeah yeah not a recommendation no 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 I <sighs> Do I respect... Do we respect what this film film was trying to do? No. Okay. (laughs) No, no. I think it was always on a high end of nothing because uh, even though, like you say, it's fairly broad, Yeah. I think the precise political climate that it's trying to reflect Mm. won't be here forever. There will always be divide, but there won't always be, hopefully, this level of insanity. Yeah. And cancel culture. Like, hopefully that dies out and, you know... Yeah, it's 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 giving itself a shelf life. I do genuinely like the idea, though, of a film that's sort of trying to speak to the apolitical. Right. Or the people who are not engaging in political discourse. Because you have films that are sort of, like, very left-leaning. These could be just broad generalizations mm. on my part, but I feel like you have left-leaning films that sort of act as though they're impartial, mm. but then they sort of paper over the reality of things mm. with their, like... The stuff that sort of like appeals to their ideology, right? So you know, oh, we'll, we'll, I don't know. I was going to give an example, but I can't think of an example. <laughs> okay. And then you have right wing films that are sort of more honest in the fact that they're political, but they uh, almost you, wait, you don't get them. Is the simple fact? Okay, the well, the documentaries right, aside, you don't right, get right wing media then, where it's okay, sort of like okay, it, yeah. it's it's sort of like almost enjoys too much that it's political, right? Like you have things like I don't know Stephen Crowder, for example, right? <clears throat> where it's sort of. Um, like, they really lean into sort of the right-wingness of it. I, I know where you're coming from. Yeah. I wouldn't say the right-wingness, because right-wingness is just a set of beliefs. It's an ideology, right? The like the, the, the clichés. The right-wingness that this film is depicting, then, I Okay, say. well, okay. Typically, conservatives are reserved, right? That's yeah. like their thing. They don't talk about politics yeah. much. I would say Stephen Crowder, that sort of thing. It's leaning more into the defining yourself in opposition to the thing. So let's make obscene jokes. Let's okay. go out there and yeah. really like push guns and make sketches about it and yeah, character characterizing themselves in a way. Yes, um, yeah. But I, I know I know what you're saying. Yeah. So yeah. you have those two, which as I I'll admit, like they might not be completely accurate. Yeah, but yeah. These are just like impressions that I've mm-hmm. got based on the media that I've consumed. Mm-hmm. You have those two, and then you have films that sort of 
try and avoid this altogether. It's like the moment it gets even slightly political, it's like, nope, yeah, I want nothing to do with this. So I do like the idea of a film that's sort of like a like even though it's it's sort of like uh, depicting politics, mm. the film itself is kind of apolitical. But this is sort of my reservation in a way. Surely, just an, an apolitical film is a film that just doesn't deal in, in these areas whatsoever. Okay, apolitical might be the wrong word. Yeah, yeah, no, an apolitical film would be you're saying like trying to speak to people who who are frustrated. By... Yeah, politically neutral then, as opposed to apolitical. Okay. Uh, but surely that's just any film where the themes transcend politics, you know? Because politics, ultimately, it's a, it's a low level. It's, it's a low rung on the kind of principle ladder, if you know what I mean. Okay. Um, it's easy to make a film that is not political. Well, you've got those people who say, like, oh, any film is political. But not really. But that's rubbing like, in uh, other ideas into your camp. Yeah, and it depends, doesn't it? Because I have seen, like, I saw interviews when the Lego movie was coming out mm. saying that, oh, it's a very right-wing film because the villain is Lord Business, so it's sort of criticising big business and... So it would be a left-wing film. Oh, is that it? Right loves business. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah in that yeah, case yeah. it's a left-wing film. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. yeah, it was on Fox News I saw this. Yeah. Um, yes, so the film is very political because it's criticising big business because right. the, bi- the, the, the villain is a businessman. Right. Even okay. though it's not. Like, the idea is that yeah. it's creativity versus following the instructions. Yes. And if you're going to sort of abstract that, mm. business and following the instructions go together quite But see, that, that would be an example, a perfect example of, yeah, creativity versus kind of regimentation. Yeah. That would typically be, oh, creativity is left-wing. Yeah. Regimentation is right-wing. Yes. But that is fallacious. Yeah, it's, yeah that's Do not in the mean? film at all. But yeah. that is something where they could go, oh, it's political because it's... Highlighting the creative over the over its well, that's that, that's what sort of why I brought it up. Like, how much of it is? Yes, films these days are generally political, and it is mm. kind of impossible to avoid politics in your film. Mm. And how much of it is the audience is bringing politics to the film? Well, look, it's not the films can't avoid politics; it's that the audience can't help but imprint on it. That I don't think you can make, or it would be difficult to make, an amoral film. I don't mean immoral. Yeah, I mean a film didn't have a value in it. Okay. In some way. Yeah. Because the, the the whole implication of a character arc implies that something's better than another thing. Yes. The beauty of, of film. Yeah. One of the beautiful things about film <laughs> is your relationship with them changes as you change. Yes. Uh, I see different things in my favorite films that I never saw before. And yeah. I, you know, have yeah. different interpretations of them. And if everything's going to be political then basically any film made before 1960 is going to be a right-wing film because it's holding up traditional family values. Yeah. The woman is a housewife and the man is a businessman. Yeah, yeah. If you want to do that, then okay. But that's just not how no. it works, yeah. you know? Pixar films about, I don't know, like what was Onward? What could you say about that? That The mother there, she's... It's left-wing because they're, they're saying that a single mother can raise... Uh, two boys. Right, okay. But no, it's right-wing because she does need a man because she has a boyfriend in the film. Yeah, okay. I see what you're doing. Nuts. Yeah. Stupid. Yeah. You know, it's you can't think of things like that. No, no. Yeah, this film is, I guess, trying to appeal to the um, people frustrated with in the chasm between the canyons. Yes. But if I really was like, I'm sick of all that, I wouldn't want to go see a film that was trying to teach me a lesson about it. I just would go want to see, I'd want to go see Onward or The Lion King. Or yeah. Something yeah, yeah. that... Had nothing to do with any of this stuff, which is yeah. which is the world in which most people exist. You know, yes, that's this true. isn't for a broad audience, really. It it isn't in the action, violence, comedy sense. Yeah, but if you knew what it was, it's for people already interested in that sort of stuff. It's for the bubbles. Yeah, 
Well, both bubbles have adopted it as, oh, this is a glorification of yeah, the yeah. sight. If, if my grandfather watched this film, mm. references like deplorables, he'd be like, what's that? Yeah. Not a clue, you know? Mm. Uh, so this isn't, from, this isn't, it thinks it's pitched at everyone. Yeah. But it's not really. Okay. That's your final word. That's on. my final word. Okay. Yeah, I wouldn't recommend. I mean, it's, it's interesting in theory. Yeah. But the execution lets it down. It's a very simple film in every respect, I think. Yes. It's not creative visually. It's not creative writingly. Give me a better word. <laughs> uh, what, than write- writingly? Yeah. Um, no, oh, fuck it. It's not creative on a script level. Yeah. It's not creative on a visual level. The satire is too shallow. and violent. Yes. And <laughs> it, yeah, the violence is too shallow. Yeah. And the, um, no. The politics are too shallow. Yes. And the violence isn't fun enough. Yes. Yes. That's what I have to say about the hunt. I love, I love a bit of that deep violence. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Profound violence. Profound violence. Um, oh, I thought Sicario when I thought that. Deep violence. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, it's it's a cost. Breaking Bad as well. Yeah. That's deep violence, yeah, I guess, right? Yeah, the violence right? isn't... Like, you have the fun moments. Yeah. But then you have two episodes of Breaking Bad sort of dealing yeah. with the fallout of that. Maybe heavy is a better word than deep, then. Yeah, okay. Where Yeah, it has a weight to it. But I suppose if it was heavy enough, it would bore a hole <laughs> into the ground, so it would it would have depth. <laughs> abstract. Are you done with that? Are you done with I'm that done little, with the whatever that was? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, all right. So the other thing that we watched this week, mm-hmm. the 12th series of Doctor Who recently happened. You'll know by looking at the like the the time we uploaded this, like when mm-hmm. this was recorded. I didn't like it. Did, did not. I did not like no. it, as I think most uh, normal, sensible people would, would think. Mm-hmm. So I was kind of talking to you and Eddie about this, and then something kind of miraculous happened. <laughs> Is that the word you used? Yeah, okay. you sort of proposed the idea of... Uh, watching Doctor Who. Yeah. Which is something that you've always sort of, that you've never really seemed willing to do before. No. This podcast, it's a wonderful thing. I can just get you to yeah. watch anything these days, yeah. can't I? Yeah. Yeah, so you propose, like, we watch Doctor Who, New mm-hmm. Who, I should say. We're not going to do Classic Who. I haven't seen Classic <coughs> Who, but there's just so much of it. Too much. And there's like 97 episodes that don't exist anymore. Yeah, yeah. So the completionist within me would never be able to cope with yes. the fact that you can never finish Doctor Who. But yeah, you propose that we watch a series of Doctor Who a week mm-hmm. and we talk about it on the podcast. Yes. So that's what we're going to do. And that's what we did. We that's watched we did. series one of Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. Sam. Yes. Well, firstly, what was your sort of opinion of Doctor Who before this exercise began? Um, I'd seen a few episodes across, you know, spanning years of New Who. Yeah. We'll just say Doctor Who is a shorthand. Okay, Doctor Who. Yeah. You know, I thought I thought it was okay, the stuff I'd seen. Okay. I'm not partial to that sort of stuff anyway. And I think even when I first saw it, I was past the age where it could really have an impact on me. Yeah, because you didn't watch it as a child, did you? No, like six, 17 maybe was the first time right, I saw okay. it. Right, yeah, okay. Um, so you kind of missed the boat on it being a nostalgic thing for you. Yeah. N- nostalgic, we'll sort of get to that, but there was nostalgia for it in the sense of being 10, 11 when it started. Yeah. And it being part of the cultural landscape and knowing about it yes because I've mentioned this on a previous podcast as well but we live in South Wales so we live in the epicentre of Doctor Who Mm -hmm. like I used to live 
a five-minute walk from the studio where they yeah. actually filmed Doctor Who. And most of the exterior locations are places that we both recognize and visit most days. Yes. You know? So even if you're not watching the show, you're mm. fully aware of Doctor Who's existence. Yeah. Not in that, not so much in that sense. I knew Doctor Who oh, was... okay. <laughs> no, no, for me, like, uh, you've said before that we are in the episode. I've never felt that personally. I've never felt, oh, I am in Doctor Who. Okay. But you would if you watched it, I suppose. Yes. Um, yeah, it was always off to the side for me. Okay. Uh, I never wanted to watch it as a, as a kid, you know? Right, okay. Uh, it just never appealed to me. I was thought- too busy reading books and I was too being clever, was it? <laughs> Yes. Um, <clears throat> I knew it was cheap. Uh, oh, yes. The yeah. production va- uh, quality, not the, you know, its essence. Yes. Uh, that's ca- I, You know, I knew the iconography. Everyone knows the iconography. Yeah. And I knew that you loved it. So that, like, part of me ha- wanted to be a contrarian to that. Okay. Uh, well, I was going to say, did you ever have, like, a... You obviously didn't have a high opinion of the show, but did no. you have a low opinion of the show? Basically, the question I'm leading up to is, what were you hoping to change by finally watching Doctor Who oh, right. in its entirety? I wasn't hoping to change anything. Okay. Or confirm. Change or confirm, you know? Yeah. Uh, I mean, the, realistically, the reason that I suggested watching it was for this podcast. Okay. Um, I wasn't trying to get anything out of it, per se. Okay. I didn't want to confirm my perception or highlight my misconception. I didn't want to do anything like that. Okay. Uh, it was just you and Eddie are both fairly fluent in it. Mm-hmm. And I felt like I should kind of earn my stripes as a critic, I suppose. Okay. Because it's one thing to be like, that's that's juvenile, I'm never going to watch that. Yeah. And then watching it and still having that opinion. Okay. So yeah, that I suppose. Okay, I suppose. Kind of thing. Do, do um, the required reading. Yeah, yeah. okay. Well, obviously I am um, a very big fan of Doctor mm-hmm. Who. I did watch it when it came back. Yeah. My parents were fans of it when they were kids. Mm-hmm. So they introduced it to me in time for the revival. Mm-hmm. Um, loved it instantly. Captured my imagination. Mm-hmm. Again, on a previous podcast, was it all these Jewish faux pas where we talked about Doctor Who? I, I think that was no the name idea, of the episode. Uh, okay. I think that was the name of it. We talk about it too long, granted. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I think that was the name of the episode. I, I, I sort of theorize that the reason there's such a vibrant sort of amateur filmmaking scene in South Wales at the moment is almost entirely thanks to Doctor Who. Right. I know you sort of... Rejected that. You rejected that and you are also kind of proof to the contrary. Yes. Because you never engaged in Doctor Who and yet you still want to be a screenwriter Mm -hmm. and a creative and you have like pursued creative things Mm -hmm. creatively. That sentence (laughs) ran out of steam before I was ready to finish speaking. All right. yeah, but I think, like, yeah, I genuinely think, like, so many people were inspired by... Okay. Not not just that they were inspired by it, but they sort of... Doctor Who was their entryway to the sort of the skeleton of filmmaking. It's kind yeah. of the behind-the-scenes stuff. I remember, like, the very first thing I did that you could, I suppose, correlate with editing mm-hmm. is I would recreate the credits of Doctor Who in Microsoft PowerPoint. Right. That's literally the first thing I ever did okay. before I even got editing software. Um, and there are so many people that I've sort of spent time with in the creative field Mm -hmm. um, that are huge fans Mm -hmm. of the show and have like, they've written fan scripts and they've created things which could be attributed to like fan films. Okay. So yeah, I genuinely think that the show has a lot to answer for, I suppose, in terms of... I definitely uh, think it's it's, it's got its part to play. I I don't think it's the primary fuel, if you know what I mean. It's got to be a major factor though, surely. I I I can understand you rejecting the theory that it's like... Oh, this yeah. is the reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it has to be a major factor. I mean, we have, like, production studios in Cardiff that are named after... Yeah, yeah, sure. Like, but parts I think of the show. 
uh, you know, the drive for young people to, to become creatives, if we're doing like a, uh, you know, a pie chart, yeah, I don't think the main slice would be Doctor Who. Okay. I think it'd be in there, but I don't think it would be the, it would take at most percentage. Of okay. It. All right. Uh, I think it would be, because uh, it's cheap. Uh, right. Cheaper than okay. it was to make films. Okay. But in a similar vein, I'm also, I think even as a child, skeptical of things that are very popular. I don't want to like things that every other kid likes. Right. I was okay. always like that. I mean, I have that in me. Yeah. I will never watch Game of Thrones. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm certainly not going to watch it now that the ending yeah. has happened, because mm-hmm. I know there's nothing to look forward to Yeah, with that show. I not, You've said multiple times the first four seasons are amazing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll live without, yeah. I'll have to live without not seeing those. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I have that impulse in me as well. Yes. But yeah, maybe I just I just sort of got on the train at the right time. Okay. You know? Well, I mean, I do have the contrarian impulse, but I never let it stop me from watching things that I want to watch. Okay. So it's not a case of, I'm not going to go see The Dark Knight, because everyone, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's not that bad. No. As in stopping yourself from watching Game of Thrones. Well, it's... Well, it's the only reason <laughs> uh, that you won't watch it. No, it's, it's also fantasy, which I have a weird aversion to. Okay. I still don't quite know why... But I just can't bring myself to engage with fantasy. I have an aversion to fantasy as well. Yeah. Uh, But I also have an aversion to things with strong fan communities, strong fan bases. Well, Doctor Who is a perfect example. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So sci fi fantasy, genre things that, you know, the fanboys love. Okay. I have a superiority complex. It's not that for me, though. It's much more surface level. I just find. I'm completely fine with sci fi. I like sci fi a lot. Mm -hmm. But fantasy, there's something almost cringe-inducing about it to me. Okay. I don't... It's, I know that it's not... I mean, it, ha- it has to be somewhat deep. Right. Because I'm just... Because of my completely... My complete unwillingness to engage in it. Well, but yes. it doesn't... I don't feel like it's, you know... There's no trauma there or anything that's no, going to no, stop no. me. I, just, I don't I know I know what you mean. It is kind of, you know... It's, it's because it's the things... It's the stories that you first hear. Mm. Kings, dragons, queens, that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, I get... Like, Lord of the Rings is silly. Okay. Right? It is. Goblins and orcs and all I'll take your word yeah, for yeah. it. I'm not, say, I'm not saying it's, like, stupid. Okay. But it, it is goblins and this and elves That's and supposed to be a satire, right? And not a satire, necessarily. But it's supposed to be, a, like, oh, the orcs represent... Not the, the orcs, yeah, yeah. the... An allegory. Yeah, the yeah, hobbits yeah. represent blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. You know? Whereas Game of Thrones, there are dra- Obviously, whenever you see advertised, it's always with the dragons. Yeah. But it's basically historical fiction. Yeah, it seems almost like a political drama that's yeah, set it is. in it a is. It's, it's House of Cards, but in yeah. uh, a medieval context. Okay. Uh, yeah, so typically I'm like, I don't want to get involved with it. Anything that's, that seems more f- obsessed with details okay. than anything else. Right. I don't like detail-heavy things. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, Doctor Who's definitely that. Okay. Yeah, that was my... Okay, well, let's get into it. Yes. Obviously, this is, like I said, this is going series by series, so we're only talking about series one today. Mm-hmm. And I almost, I know that I've like talked about the show with you before. Mm. And I know that like, it's not a mystery what's coming. You kind of know what you're in for. Yeah. Even if you don't know like the minutiae of specific stories or mm. anything like that, you broadly know what to expect going forward. Yep. Um, but I, I don't know how much to kind of talk about that with you. Let's I just, th- let's try and treat it as if I have, they don't exist. Yeah. The following seasons don't exist. Because I, I think it's an interesting exercise to have yeah. someone who watches as much television as you. Yeah. So someone who's kind of a, like televisually and sort of critically literate as you mm-hmm. to watch this kind of British institutes. Yeah. For the first <laughs> institution. time. Institution. Institution yeah, yeah. with sort of fresh eyes. Yeah. I'm sort of curious to see if you 
agree with the general consensus firstly with me but yes. also with the general consensus of what is like the best episodes and yeah. what are the best characters and stuff like that I've def- I've avoided reading up on any of it yeah for that reason yeah I don't know what the critical consensus is about any of it really okay I know the tenant is broadly considered the best doctor but that's okay. kind of it okay uh, yeah so let's just treat it like this this season exists in isolation okay so with that in mind, yeah. what did you think of series one of Doctor Who? It's okay. Okay. Uh, <laughs> All right then. Yeah, I mean, right. I'm in terms of what I want to get out of it, mm. in terms of enjoyment. Yeah. It's kind of fun performances. Yeah. And interesting, fun concepts. Okay. I'm not looking to have my mind blown by Doctor Who. Okay. Or bent or manipulated in any way, really. Right. Lathered. Okay. <laughs> I want my mind lathered by Doctor Who. I see. I do still consider it a children's show. I know you prefer the term family. Yeah. Yeah, it is, I suppose. But in thinking of it as a children's show, it's helped me watch it. Okay. All right. Um, I do think there are... uh, Maybe this is true of later um, seasons. But I do do think there are definitely instances where the show is... Like, okay, in this instance, the show is appealing to the children. In this instance, it's appealing to older members of the audience. Yes. And sometimes it manages to do both. Yeah. But I think there are, like, perfect examples in this season of, like, okay, this is playing to a younger audience, this is playing yeah. to a slightly older audience, you know? Well, Which is why I think it's a family show. Okay. Uh, it's silly. Yes. It is silly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's goofy. Mm-hmm. Uh, terrible graphics. Oh, yeah. Uh, but that I think this it. is, I think, I don't even think these were recorded in HD. I know, no, I, I'm pretty no. sure the CG is in HD. No, it's probably pre-HD. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's it's dated poorly. And it was sort of, it yeah. sort of, it looks like a, a soap opera, almost. Yeah. But it's kind of famous for that. You know, talked even in the 60s. I think it was considered cheap for the 60s. Oh, yeah. You know, it was yeah, always yeah. kind of, uh, as part of its charm. Well, you know, it's that's interesting, what's very British it? Because it, it? it's interesting that it's a show that by its own admission could do literally anything. And yet yeah. it has one of the most restrictive budgets out there. Well, yeah, an interesting kind of... Uh, clash in a way but again it's sort of part of the charm yeah the cutesy graphics mm. which are just bad oh yeah explosions and they're just bad yeah yeah but then the what I've been calling organic artifice so costumes you know uh, real world like models sets yes things that are real you know Doctor and, Who has very very good uh, practical yes like makeup and effects, effects and stuff yeah and the weird clash with because the monsters even uh, in 2005 do look like people in costumes oh yeah but then mixed with this weird cheap uh, you know these cheap uh, SFX yes it's interesting okay it's it's kind of a hodgepodge a mishmash higgledy piggledy all those words <laughs> uh, wibbly a, wobbly timey wimey you'll get to that a, paratart- a, pra- oh, a paratactical bricklage <laughs> Um, oh, you would say panic attack. It's a panic attack of a show. It's a panic attack of a show. Yeah, and that sort of helps to view it in isolation because I think Doctor Who, if the lessons of the first season are anything to go by, you have to watch it episode to episode. Okay. And knowing, do, you, do you quickly want to explain what parentactical bricklage is, if I even uh, said that correctly? Yeah, well, it's just, it's something I read in a university course book. I know, it, I know it, that's <laughs> sort of become a joke amongst us yeah, about, yeah. like, that's the type of language you use at yes. university. All different... Um, types of form mashed together okay like building a brick wall out of different concepts would you say that uh, the hunt is an example of parentactical bricklage yes but done badly okay yeah the cement is slime 
Right. <laughs> uh, yeah, so... Yeah, you were saying episode to episode. Episode to episode. And I feel like, not knowing much about future seasons, any move away from that will reduce the show for me. Okay. I like episode to episode. I like that weird higgledy-piggledyness of it. Mm-hmm. Helps in viewing it episode to episode. We just feel it's this this one little Lego structure. Okay. And then you move on to the next one. Okay. Uh, I think the effect, the, in a weird kind of abstract way, the collision of effect, effects, uh, approaches, helps solidify its identity to me. Okay. That identity being, if you haven't said already. Unclean, you know, but not in a bad way. Okay. A stew, a kind of a salad. Okay. Yeah. A salad yeah. of different things mashed together that sometimes work and, and sometimes don't. I do wonder if, um, because the Doctor of this season is Christopher Eccleston, this yes. of course being his only season, um, and he has... I got crap in my leg. Oh, sorry. <laughs> we'll give you a minute to yeah, right. readjust. Go it's gone now. Um, yeah, he's, he has his natural accent in this. It yes. is his natural accent, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, which is kind of like northern... Yeah, Manchester. Yeah. Manchester, yeah. yeah. Um, which is something they address in the first episode. Mm-hmm. But yeah, because most Doctors up until that point have been RP. In fact, I think they've all been RP. Yes. So I don't know whether that's sort of supposed to add to the uncleanliness of it. That like he's got this Maybe. like this sort of regional accent, so it's a bit like this is kind of like a rougher This well this is this is Doctor rebooted. Who. This is Doctor Who of the twenty first century. Yeah. You know? Not grittier. I wouldn't call it grittier, but it's no, just kind of like grittier. it's more rougher and like yeah. down to earth. Like, like the companion comes from like a council estate. Yeah. And she's like Chav and she comes from like this. Well, that's the thing. Back rough family. The BBC, they rough have. Family. Uh, the BBC for their news reports have very specific breakdowns on how you pronounce words. Yes. You know? Yeah. If you watch the King's Speech, that starts with a man kind of having to speak like this very deliberately. Yeah. Uh, Which there was a lot of that in A lot Doctor of that. Who. And you, I get that. Like that. But yeah, it's kind of nice that they've roughed him up a little bit, I suppose. Yeah. Not yeah, again, not rough. Um, yeah, he's a bit more. He's a bit more common. He's a bit more. Yeah, in the gutter, you, you, know? you can sort of feel the fingerprints of it almost, can't yeah, you? Yeah, it's like, like they it, give him a leather jacket. You know, not a. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's not like yeah. it's not like they're trying to make him cool. They're just no. It's you, rougher might be the words that we're just stick with. You know, although urban's kind of become a um, euphemism for black. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, it's not that. No, it's not that. But it's, it's sort of the difference between... It's got that, though. It's got that urban ur- urbanity to it. Yeah, it does. Urbanus. I was going to say, it's the difference between Laika and Ardman. Mm. Like, Ardman, you can see the fingerprints on the on the claymation puppets, and yes. it feels very, like, like stiff and rough mm. and handmade. Whereas Laika's animation is flawless. Yeah. But it... Because it's so flawless, it looks digital. Yeah. So you don't get to appreciate the artistry of it. Mm-hmm. Whereas with Doctor Who, because the the artifice is so like obvious, yeah. the CG being so bad and everything yeah. like that, you do kind of like, when the show is doing something, where, when it's sort of trying to take itself a bit more seriously or mm. when it's trying to do something uh, dramatically, mm. you sort of, I feel like you kind of appreciate that a bit more. Well, again, it's that it's that marriage of like analog and digital, isn't it? Of yeah. Like craft and pixels, mm. you know, brickety brack. I want to use all the words that I can, <laughs> that sort of thing. Okay. Um, yeah, I think it's going to be personally for me hard to beat Christopher Eccleston. Okay. I, I, I know we just said we're going to pretend the other series don't yeah, exist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I've said this to you off air already, yeah. so I'll say it on air. Yeah. I think he's going to be your favorite Doctor. I uh, yeah. I, it's going to be hard. Yeah. I think it's going to... I, I mean, I have a bias in that I really like Christopher Eccleston as an actor. Mm-hmm. And he seems like a, a, a nice bloke as well. Okay. Uh, in real life. So, 
I just think he owns it. I think he does really well with the role. Okay. Uh, and I just don't know. I, I could see something that was equally good, but I don't know that talent is going to blow me away. Like, oh man, you blew him out of the water. I, yeah. Okay. I think he's going to be hard to beat. Okay. Personally. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think the idea is that series one is sort of considered the underrated yeah. season. Because mm-hmm. there's a couple of things in it that sort of like, that are kind of re, not redone, but they are sort of facsimiles of them in later series that are sort of done better. Right. So, for example, you said that this is basically episode to episode. Mm-hmm. And it is. It's a very episodic show. But it does have a through line. The series does kind of have a very loose through line. Very loose. Very yeah. loose through line. And it's probably one of the weakest, if not the weakest, of Russell T. Davis's run. Okay. Bad Wolf, we're talking yes, about. Yeah, yeah. Where it sort of feels almost like an Easter egg. And at yeah. the very end... The justification of it feels very weak. Yes. It's like, ah, this doesn't really feel like it was all building to this. Yeah. Also, Russell T. Davis, his kind of iconic monsters, or the mm. monsters that you remember, remember from his era, there's sort of one every series. Right. In this series, I would say it's probably the Slitheen. Yeah. I know The Empty Child is considered, like, one of, if not the best story of this series. Mm-hmm. And it is an iconic monster. But the Slitheen, like, they come back. Well, when, when I think of monsters from the season, I think of the Slitheen. Yes. Yeah. And there's sort of one every season, like the Uda to come and the Jadun right. to come. Okay. And, but the Slitheen, I think they're, yeah, they're, they're, they're a bit cringe. They're, I don't like the Slitheen. They're terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Because that, that, that episode... That's an example of it appealing to its younger audience. Yes. Well, I was going to say, because those, it's double, isn't it? Yeah. That double episode is weird because it, it's it's a lower key double episode. Lower key how? In terms of it's not galactic and you know it's it's kind of oh yeah it's all kind of in London. It's all it? in London. It's all parliamentary and like yeah. the prime minister has been taken over by this, which is kind of not a children's story in a way. Okay. Do you know what I mean? It's it's a bit, but it's got big rubbery fart yeah, monsters. But in they it. fart, <laughs> so it's a weird like okay yeah that that was the maybe the only moment in the season where I felt like all right. It's like broken it a bit now. Okay. Because even even watching it for children, mm. fart gags. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Would you mind not farting while I'm saving the world? Yeah. Would you rather silent but deadly? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That hasn't that hasn't <laughs> held up at all. Russell T. Davis is a really good writer. Okay. Um, Broadly. Yeah. Okay. I think. Did you know this before? Is this just confirmed? No. No. Yeah. I, I I thought that before. Yeah. Okay clever neat little kind of scripts mm-hmm. um dog who's one of those shows where like the more the fewer questions the better sort of thing yeah I, I don't like it when things are trying to explain its law or the way it is yes but this was pitched at the right level for me okay so even though it makes no sense yeah. actually okay that line where she says why do you sound northern yeah and he says, loads of planets have a north. Mm. That to me is like, right, that makes no fucking sense. Okay. He, yes, okay, Mars has a north, but it, 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 you still wouldn't sound like You wouldn't Manchester. sound Mancurian, yeah, yeah, if you were from Mars. But, like, okay, that's cla- That's a, cla- a witty line. So I'll, 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 yeah. I'll let it go. I'll drop it. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I, th- I think the show is good at, well, I say the show, I think Russell T. Davis in this season, because mm-hmm. we're only talking about that. I know I've broken yeah. that already by referring to later seasons. Yes. But I think he's good at doing that. He's good at sort of like, finding the right level where it feels like it's being explained enough. It's yes. not getting bogged down in the minutiae and the practicality of everything, but it's kind of, it's not dismissing it either. No. It's sort of finding the right response to yeah to it. So that you're not, so that you can still be caught up in the momentum of the story. Yeah. And it largely did that for me. Yeah. What was your favourite yes. episode? It's a, it's a competition between Dalek and 
Father's Day. Okay. Why? Um, because, again, I'm in, I'm in it for the concepts, right? Yeah. So, The Empty Child and what's the other one? The Doctor Dances. The Doctor Dances. That double. I understand why that's why that would be considered the best of the I season. I think it, it's it's sort of considered to be the first scary episode of the revival. Okay. Again, maybe that's a problem. Which is sort of the the the, um, the cliche of classic Who. Mm. It's the thing that every parent says, like, oh, I was hiding behind the sofa when yes. such and such came on the screen. But, and this is the, yeah. the first example of that in the new show, which I think is why it was held in such high yeah, regard. Yeah, but again, maybe that's an issue is... Are you my mummy? Doesn't frighten the twenty-five-year-old. No, that's not. <laughs> slap him around the head. <laughs> Fuck off. Um, yeah, I get that. Cause it's, and it's a big episode, and it's uh, it introduces Captain Jack. Yes, and I, I get that. Mm. And it, you know, it's it's Blitz. It's very British. Yes, Blitz London. Yeah, she's even wearing a Union Jack. Isn't she, she is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Rose. Yeah, the Rose. Yeah, but yeah. D- n- not for me. It didn't hit as highly for me. Okay. Uh, I like the smaller episodes. Dalek is a relatively small episode. Yeah. It's just set within a museum, kind of like underground Yeah, it's just museum. like an underground bunker. Yeah. yeah. Where the central idea is something that's been programmed to kill mm. that no longer has a purpose. Yes. What does it do with itself? And I thought, okay, that's that's a good sci-fi concept. Yeah, it's that's, a soldier that there's, there's no one giving it orders anymore. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, and that's all it can do yeah fundamentally hmm. good sci-fi idea yeah I like that I thought that was n- nicely recognised yes and then Father's Day go on did you want to say something no I was on, I was only going to say um, in the context of Doctor Who as mm-hmm. well because it's the reintroduction of the Daleks the most iconic Doctor Who villain mm-hmm. it's nice that they sort of characterised it yeah it's a character in that story it's yeah. not an unstoppable force which I think is what the Daleks quickly became yes well quick quick note about the Daleks Obviously, everyone knows Exterminate. Everyone yeah. knows that. But I forgot, because I did know this, like, it's not robotic. It, it is, it's kind of mechanically filtered. Yeah. But it's so angry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we are going to do this! I'm going to kill you now! I was like, shit! That's a lot. Well, the Nazis, <laughs> yeah. aren't they? Yes, they They, are, they yeah. really yeah. lean into the Nazi, yes. like, you know, screaming kind of... Yes. You, you hate. Sick Kyle. Yeah. yeah. I it's forgot great. That. It's genuinely great. Nothing sounds like a Dalek. I love no. it. No. <laughs> I was suddenly going, oh, that's a... Uh, Whew, that's that's a lot, <laughs> uh, but it was fine, you know. Uh, yeah, I like that. And then Father's Day, it was a good time travel story. You yeah, know? I don't know how the the rules and kind of the physics of that hold up in later series. Yeah. Whether it means anything at all. Okay. It kind of felt like um, if a show that wasn't about time travel did a time travel episode, this is the kind of story they would do. Okay. Where it's about uh, a girl saves her, f- her father from dying, mm. and but then he has to die so that kind of. Uh, reality can course correct itself and all that sort of thing. Okay, I thought that was really well done. Okay, and it was a it was a, a, an episode about character. Yes, maybe the, the yeah. First. The Doctor isn't really Im- no. Well, he's not important at all. No, if you're going to call an episode Rose, it'd be that one. Yes, even though it's the first one, right? Yes, um, the first one should be called Mannequins. Let's face it. <laughs> but um, <laughs> why? Why? Other than them being the monsters, is that the only reason? That's the only reason. It's the only thing I can remember from the first one. Okay. Or the Doctor returns. I don't know. Something like that. Um, <laughs> but it's about Rose. I think that's a nice. It is. It's a nice declaration that, like, oh, the companion is the is the yes. the person we should care about. Yes. Yeah. We're not in it for the Doctor. We're in it for the companion. Who's that's why they did it. Yeah. Yeah. And well, there's at least equal prominence. Yeah, like yeah. We're, we're seeing the Doctor through the eyes of his companion. Mm-hmm. That's how you should be approaching the show. Yes. And I don't think you ever see the Doctor outside of Rose's perspective in that episode. Like, if Rose isn't in a no. scene, the doc- you'd never see the Doctor. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, he's the Kyle Reese to her Sarah Connor. Yeah. Yeah. That they break that almost immediately. Like in episode two, you see oh, yeah. him and her in different locations. Yeah. But in that episode, like I said, if Rose isn't around the doctor, we don't see the doctor. Yeah. I don't like Rose. Okay. Um <laughs> I she doesn't annoy me, like I don't dislike the performance. Okay. Uh I just feel like Mickey's totally right. <laughs> No, he is. She just yeah. fucks off. Like, yeah. you know, that's fine if she wants to do that. But she's just with her boyfriend and then just literally runs off smiling. That's cheesy. Mine, well, I gotta yes. say. I know, I know. But, yeah. But that, that's, that, was that's, a, that is the early That was a run bit of, of a show. cringe. That is what the show is okay. like for a while. <laughs> I did, right. Okay. I did cringe at that. Okay. Of the, yeah, like the, the, the puppy, like running us. <laughs> okay. Um, and also because it builds up to the theme music. You know, yeah. That ending. And like that needs to be more epic than her running and opening a door and you don't even see what yeah. she's running into. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Mickey's totally right. 100% yeah. right. Yeah, she is um, a bit of a bitch too. She's a bit of a bitch. I like that in yeah. Father's... Well, I don't know. I was going to say in Father's Day, um, obviously Rose saves her father's life. Mm-hmm. And in the first episode, at the ben- end of the very first episode, the Doctor says, do you want to come with me in my uh, machine? It travels through all of space. And she's like, no. And he's yeah. like, all right. So he leaves and he comes back and he goes, oh, but also it's a time machine. Right. And she immediately is like, right, I'm off. Mm-hmm. I'm going with the Doctor. Now. Yes. And then in Father's Day, they kind of float the idea that this was sort of what convinced her. Mm, yes. Like, even though it's like episode eight, I think, of yeah, the series. The, so it's the, quite yeah. late in the series. All Out of nowhere, all of a sudden, she's like, oh, I want to go see my father. Yeah, that's uh, covering her ass, that is. That's that's her that's her self denial. That's justifying to herself because she runs in gleeful like yeah fuck yeah I'm gonna go see aliens <laughs> and then but later go oh no I'm re- my dad died yeah I'm really here I have a stern purpose <laughs> I have a sincere you know yeah rather than because you would I mean I would oh yeah I'd run into the TARDIS yeah right this is presume I know that the the law of the Doctor becomes so convoluted and mm. whatever explain to me why Time Lord is a race when it seems like it's the machine that does all the work and I could operate it if I knew how to. Hang on, what? So you know he's got the TARDIS yeah, and he's a Time Lord yes. and Time Lord is a species, right? Not quite. Okay. Gallifreyans are a right. species. And what's a, t- a Time Lord's a job, is it? Sort of. You you train to become a Time Lord. You have to go to an academy to become a Time okay. Lord. Okay, if it's a job, I can get behind it. Yeah, but yeah. not not everyone on Gallifrey is a Time Lord. Okay, but as far... Because he keeps... I'm a Time Lord. But yeah. as far as I see it, just because you've got the DeLorean... Like, Marty McFly is not a Time Lord. No. He just drives a DeLorean. Yeah. The Doctor just drives the TARDIS. Why, why is he a Time Lord and I'm not, if I could learn how to drive it? Right, okay. But is that what it is? You need to be like, qualified. You need to have a driving license. I think that's the idea. Okay, that's fine. Hypothetically, anyone could fly the TARDIS. But yeah, you need to, the, 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 the license to drive it. Yeah, and there's like a couple fine. of moments. I think even in Father's Day, the Doctor's like, when Rose says like, oh, you change time all the time. Right. How come I'm not allowed to save my father? And the Doctor's like, well, I know what I'm doing. Okay. And I know that's that's like a writer going, yeah, okay, yeah. don't think too much. Yeah, yeah. But I suppose that's the idea, mm-hmm. is that being a Time Lord, the Doctor is able to know when and when to act and when to sort of stand back. Yeah. So it's less about... You're, you're, are you literally asking me, like, like why does the Doctor have to fly the TARDIS? No, no, no. I always... I was under the impression that Time Lord was, like, a type of being. Right, okay. And that didn't make sense to me, because it felt like if... if if Time Lord was like your species, yeah, then y- your body would be the thing that is able to travel through time and space. Not, oh, not, I see. not okay. your vehicle. Right. Because otherwise okay. anyone can be a Time Lord, right? 
Okay, yeah. But if it's a case of you need to have a degree, yes, to, then that's fine. Well, I mean, the 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 the, the TARDIS or TARDIS is TARDIS I. TARDI. I don't know, what the, I don't know mm. what the plural is, but they're like grown on Gallifrey. Tards. Yeah. Tards. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a bit. I don't know about that. Um, but yeah, they're grown on Gallifrey and they're of Time Lord creation, I think. Mm. So you know, there wouldn't be TARDISes yeah. without Time Lords. Mm-hmm. Thinking about it, why is it called the TARDIS? Because TARDIS stands for Time and Relative Dimensions in Space. Yeah. But that's a concept. That's not a vehicle. What do you mean? Time and Relative Dimensions in Space. Dimension. Dimension, I think it's sorry. singular. Yeah, yeah, it is, yeah. Time and Relative Dimension in Space. Yeah. That's It's like calling a car travel. Right. Okay. <laughs> do you know what I mean? I mean, it needs to be caught in like the box, the time box. I mean, it's, you know. a TARDIS is a very complicated thing, oh, which God. is something they do kind of explore. Um, yeah, it's like a living I don't organism. Know, the show hasn't happened yet. It's an organism, knows. isn't it? It's like yeah, a living yeah, it's thing. Yeah, it's a life. It's a real thing. Right. It's it's a living creature, almost. Okay. It has a consciousness. But it is not time and relative dimension and space, is it? Well, it depends because it is. It travels The too. interior of the TARDIS is a separate dimension. That's why it's bigger on the inside. It's a dimension packed into a small... Like, that's Time Lord technology. Yeah, that's fair enough. I know, just, I being just able feel to like... pack a dimension into a space that's smaller than the dimension itself. Okay. But it feels like it's describing what what it's... Where it's traveling as opposed to what the th- object is. Okay. It's describing the object, not the subject. Again, it's like calling a ship the ocean. Is this a soda moment? I guess. Okay. Yeah. Um, Go listen to our previous episodes if you don't know what that is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we can't... The point of inventing these terms is we can, should be able to use them with impunity. Yeah, exactly. You should have done the reading. Yeah. <laughs> um, a suspension of disbelief. Apologetic. Apologetic. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Glean from that what you will, if you don't know what we're on <laughs> yes. about. I guess. Okay. But I mean, you're the right... Per- you wouldn't express that apologetic, would No. You? Well, I... Okay. One more time, very clearly okay, as you okay. can lay out what exactly it is you're asking me. As far as I see it, I could be completely off the mark here. Yeah. TARDIS is the name of the thing in which he travels. Yes. Yes. The the box. The yeah. box. The TARDIS. The yeah. box. But TARDIS stands for time and relative dimension and space. Yeah. Which is the thing to which it travels over which over whose domain it has. Okay. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's not the name of the vehicle. It shouldn't be called time space. It should be called the time-space box. Well, t- it is like calling a ship the ocean or a car the road. Well, relative dimension would be accurate because as we, as I've just said, the, like the TARDIS is a separate dimension. But I know the interior of it. Yeah, but I don't know what that means though. Well, the dimension is relative. Because but all dimensions are relative. I don't know what that means. Well, in, in, in relation to what? Well, the exterior of the TARDIS is smaller than the interior of the TARDIS. Yes, so they occupy different dimensions. Yes, sort of. Right. The dimension is relative because the space inside the TARDIS is... Okay significantly larger than the exterior. Right. Because even though we never really see it, the TARDIS is more than just the control room. It's a whole, like, network of rooms. Okay. Basically. But I don't... I mean, okay, so let's say I'm looking at a video on my computer of a 3D thing. Yeah. On a 2D object. Okay. So, theoretically, if you like, there's there's a larger space within the screen. It's not really, though, is it? Because it's a... it's a You're looking at it on the screen, so it's a 2D representation okay, all right, but let's of say, a 3D all object. Right, but let's say I could walk through the screen into a 3D space. Okay. What's that saying about anything? <laughs> I don't know, Sam. <laughs> I, don't, like, I don't quite know what's okay, happening. The TARDIS, it's magic, isn't it? It's, it's, a, it's a box that sure, looks yeah. small and it's big on the inside. Yeah, okay. Where is it in, in time and space? 
I know what the outside is in time and space. Yeah. Where's the inside in time and space? Uh, Where is it in the universe? I think it's in the box. How? Well, that 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 is <laughs> that is something you have to suspend your disbelief. Okay. Time okay. lords just have the capability of sort of condensing dimensions. Do they <clears throat> do they do that or for condensing space? I should say. Do they do that for anything else? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Where they compact thing. something larger into. Yeah. Okay. That that does come back as a concept. All right. Just a name then. I think it, need, it needs to not be called the thing over in which it travels okay. to which it travels. Is this an example of, oh, we've just come up with this like makeshift little show that's not really oh, yeah, going to become course, anything, yeah. so we'll just come up with like a silly name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, oh shit, it's been going for 50 years. I guess this is a thing now. I guess it's just called the TARDIS. That's an icon. I suppose it just needs to, it needs to stop being an acronym and start meaning what it is. So instead of it being time and relative dimension and space, but we acronymize that to TARDIS mm-hmm. then TARDIS should begin to mean the vehicle if you know what I mean well it, it does but that's what I'm saying because like, not everyone know like of everyone who knows TARDIS not, yeah. I don't think everyone knows the acronym no but like the acronym it's all caps isn't it like T.A.R yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah what I'm saying is if you just capital T then all lowercase RDIS that's fine then like the thing that it was once an acronym for has become the name for the actual thing okay do you know what I mean? Right. Is this a serious problem you had? No, or is it no. just something that, like, no, through now, the conversation, yeah, it now, now feels now, bigger now, than it now is? Now, thinking about it, it doesn't make sense that it's called what its focus is. Okay, all right. Well, that's... Um, after you decide, okay, we're not rebooting it, this is the same continuity, kind of. Right. That is something you just have to live with. Yeah, no, I don't... You have to carry that forward, you know? It's not a problem for me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's just an interesting niggle. Okay. Thinking about it. What else? I guess I've never really thought about it. So it's... it's Really? It was... Yeah, so it's sort of weird thinking about it okay. now. It's like, oh, I don't really know how to approach this yeah. quandary that you've put to me. Yeah. Well, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> um, Do you like Jackie Tyler? Oh, not really. Oh, okay. Are you supposed to like her? Well, here's the thing. When I was a kid, I hated her. Mm. As I think most kids do. Right. Because she doesn't like the Doctor. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, how dare you don't yes. like the Doctor? Um, Almost like a Skylar reaction. Go on. Sure. <laughs> but as I've grown up, yeah. I've liked her more and more. Okay. I, I like characters and, by extension, actors depicting these characters that just look like people. Oh, yeah. She's like got like that. instantly, like, oh, that's a person. She does look like a council estate mum. Yeah. She, like, you look at her and you're instantly like, yep, yeah, you're real. I completely believe you. In that sense, yes. Oh, yeah. I'm not saying her performance is like... Yeah, yeah, yeah transcendent and you know um, um, but yeah you look at her and it's like yeah I completely believe the wrong yeah that's world. that's fair enough and I'm, I'm not against her ethically like I think her wanting Rose to stay is perfectly reasonable yeah and, and I like that. her as I've again as I, like I said as I've grown older I've liked her more and more and I think I've come to appreciate her purpose okay which is that she's kind of like home yeah she's home yeah she's she represents home mm-hmm. you could have had Mickey just representing home yes but it's nice that Jackie like this person just she doesn't like the doctor she doesn't trust the doctor yes but that's something that she has to come to terms with and it's sort of like it offers the opportunity for like interplay between her and the doctor like these two people who don't like each other but have to get on because rose is kind of something they have in common yeah i don't know i just really like that character no i mean not really i put up with her oh. when she's on screen oh, okay <laughs> i don't think much of anything about her to be oh, honest. okay who was your favorite character of the, the doc- series the doctor okay <laughs> I was going to ask you. I was going to ask you a couple of things. I should have written them down. Um, the worst episode? Yeah, go on. 
the worst episode is the Simon Pegg one. The long game. Yes. That feels like the only reason for that episode is, oh, we need to set up Satellite 5. Yeah. So let's do an episode set there. And the next Satellite 5 episode is the second worst, I think, in my opinion. Bad Wolf. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. The um, <laughs> You're referring to the uh, the weakest Trini link and Trini and Susanna. Yes. And, yeah, that stuff hasn't aged well. It's an interesting little time capsule in and of itself. It's like, I guess this is what was popular at the time. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, I mean, that, that's what I meant about being nostalgic in the yeah. sense, like, connected to that sort of... Oh, yeah, I remember The Weakest Link. Yeah. You know, it, it's very mid-noughties. Oh, yeah. And it's 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 it works twofold. Uh, again, because we live in South Wales. Mm-hmm. So whenever they do, like, location shooting, mm-hmm. it, it's Cardiff, which mm-hmm. is a place that we know, but it's Cardiff, like, 15 years ago. Yeah. So there are locations they film in in Cardiff which just don't exist anymore. Yeah. So it's kind of a nice, like, oh, I remember that. Yes. Yeah. And it is also nice, in, like, in that, it, like, Big Brother... I could believe the Big Brother will last forever, or something similar oh, to yeah. Big Brother will last forever. But yeah, the weakest link. Is it still link, going? It might be. I'm not sure. Okay. But yeah, like the weakest links, especially Anne Robinson, weakest yes. link, and Trini and Susanna. Yeah. That is very dated. Well, it's a similar pro- problem to the Hunt, which I don't think I'd be drawing a comparison. <laughs> but um, top being topical to your own detriment. Yes. So the fact that. I mean, when the Anne Robinson robot isn't, you are the weakest link. Goodbye, and then shooting yeah. Daleks. That just felt way too... Oh, come on. <laughs> it, felt like, it felt like a special episode, like a comic relief yes. episode. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. Which I know Doc, Doctor Who does a lot of that, right? Yeah, comic yeah. Relief. Yeah. yeah. I, I get it. It's it's part of the fabric of... Brit- you can't be precious about Doctor Who in, in, in the same way as you can about something like Breaking Bad, mm. where it's like, oh, it's this unit like that is yeah. untampered with. It's it's That's not fair. It's bled into kind of everything in a way. Yes. You can't think of it in the same way as... Breaking Bad. Yeah. But yeah, that was a bit too far for me. The okay. Trini and Susanna giving John Barrowman a makeover. Yes. Yeah. Um, it's like, why? Is it because he's gay? Is that why they're doing that? <laughs> I don't like him either. I don't like Jack Harkness. Okay. Well, Russell T. Davis loves Jack Harkness. We know why he loves him. Well, yeah. Cock! But-, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, he... Um- Russell T. Davis is a homosexual, isn't he? He is, is he? Yes. I know his. Oh, yeah, yeah. I know his writing. I, I know his boyfriend that. is. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know his writing deals with that a lot. Yeah, but I didn't know if he was or not. Pop pop quiz. What was Russell T Davis's breakout TV show? Oh, was it um whatever it's called, Cucumber or whatever it's called? He did that years after Doctor Who. Oh, did he? Oh, yeah. Okay. Queer as folk. Correct. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Which also has Mancunians. It's set in Manchester. Oh, okay. That why a Welsh writer. His leading characters on Mancunian. Um, maybe he got a blowjob in a Manchester and like club. <laughs> he never got over it. <laughs> he never got over it. Um, there's a little detail that I picked up because I've watched these episodes so many times. Mm-hmm. They're not. It, it's they're not committed to memory in the sense that I could like recite, recite it word for word. Mm-hmm. But there's very little about them I don't remember. Okay, broadly speaking. But there's a detail I picked up on this time that I completely missed before in Aliens in London which is the Slovene two-parter yeah they return to London present day mm-hmm. but Rose has been missing for a year yeah and Mickey has this like ranted to the doctors like I, they, everyone thought I was a murder suspect yeah and Jackie is like frantic and like you know mm-hmm. oh my god Rose we thought you were dead so naturally because it's a year later that episode is set in 2006 even though yeah. um, the series aired in 2005 for the remainder of the Russell T. Davis run mm present day remains a year ahead of 
oh. the actual present day. Okay. So even when Martha turns up and that series is like set, it was airing in 2007. Right. Present day is set in 2008. Oh, okay. I thought that was a really nice detail. Yeah. Especially in a show with time travel where you could just go like, all right, we'll just like, yeah, we'll, we'll fix that. Yeah. They'll just they'll go back to actual present day. It's nice that they kept that consistent. Well, there is no actual present day, is there? No, there is that as well. But you could just for the sake of ease, yeah, just like yeah. oh, it's two thousand and seven. But no, yeah. they 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 recognised it. They recognised that that was a detail. And it's like oh, we'll stick by that. Yeah. But they don't make a point of it either. So it's it's something you pick up on and go ah, oh, I like that. This is sort of forecasting a little bit, but can you? Also, we've sort of had this conversation off air. Explain to me why it matters that they regenerate in terms of the sadness of the occasion. Uh, clarify a little more what you mean. Okay. So I know that I'm giving so you the right So when Christopher Eccleston is, knows he's going to regenerate, yes. there's obviously, there's an air of tragedy and kind of portent to it. Yes. And then Rose is crying and upset when he is regenerating. Yeah. yeah. Why? Well, on a practical level, it's because we're saying goodbye to the actor. Yeah, that's it? fair enough. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's more about giving the actor a send off than it is giving the yeah. character a send off. But within the 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 um the context of the show, I think the idea is that even though it's still the Doctor, it's mm-hmm. still technically the same entity. Mm-hmm. It's a different version of him. How? So it, I guess it would be like if a different sperm were to have reached the egg first. That's completely different. Oh, is it? Yeah. I mean, okay, so let's say if there's romantic interest and romantic affiliation, I get that. Okay. Obviously, Rose is romantically interested in him. Um, uh, is that obvious in the series? It, it becomes fairly obvious by the end of it. Right, okay. Yeah, they kiss. Um, well, that's... Isn't that, isn't that sort of... I know that's like, oh, it's a moment. But also, like, it's so that he can sort of oh, reabsorb the vortex energy. No, me, too, me too. Uh... I think I missed what you were going I said hashtag me too. Yes. Why, why did you Oh, like kissing her against the world to absorb her energy. That's oh, right. Okay. <laughs> all right. Um, Don't ruin Doctor Who for me. More, more than it's already been ruined. Doctor Who ruined itself? More than yeah, it's yeah. already been ruined, but we'll get to all that. Um, again, like, if, if, I, if, if my girlfriend, purely hypothetical, <laughs> um, this is sci-fi now. Yes. Um, was to regenerate mm-hmm. into a new body. Yeah. Yes, that would be something, uh, uh, an adjustment would be necessary and it would be a loss because you're losing, you know, you're losing the face of your love or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But outside of that, if I died, right? Yeah, in inverted commas. Inverted commas. Yeah. But came back completely the same, but with a different body. Yeah. Would you care? Um, There's an adjustment like getting used to the new thing, but nothing's been lost, right? Well, oh, the boldness is gone. No. <laughs> well, to you, no. What? What to you? What? Would, what would you? To you, specific. If you're the person who's regenerated, yeah. Then, I mean, I don't think that's the case. I think even within the show, they kind of they kind of say that yes, it is still technically me, mm. but it's sort of a different version right. of me. Yeah, I need that precisely delineated. For I me. don't know if I can. Okay. I don't know if this is something that the show is explored okay. I mean, it, is, it, is it just nebulous like oh they're different alright it's it's kind of kind it's not, of okay. yeah I mean it it is it's mostly a practical thing if we're being yeah, really yeah. honest because obviously you don't want the new actor to just be doing an impression of the old actor no and it's, it's kind of um, tantamount to the thing about the music swelling when we get an actor reveal yeah it's the it's the um, the world uh, outside of the show infecting the presentation interestingly though I would say that the because 
in that instance, it's like, oh, look at this famous person that we've managed to get. Yeah. And yet, the only time that the Doctor would generate into an actor that was famous, like properly yeah, famous, yeah. at the time that they took on the role, mm-hmm. was Peter Capaldi. Yeah. And that is probably the most underwhelming reveal of a new Doctor. Oh, that's fair, yeah. I, I, I didn't mean it in the fame sense. Yeah. Uh, I meant it in the sense of uh, the fact that it's a goodbye to the actor is the reason it's portrayed uh, in the way it is. Yeah, it's a goodbye to the actor and also within the context of the story. I mean, it's kind of an interesting question, isn't it? It's, it's an interesting hypothetical question. Mm. If my body were to change, but I'm still the same person, mm. how do you how do you react to that? Okay. I recognize that you're the same person and that you're telling me that you're the same person, but you look completely different. Yeah. How can I believe you? you know? Right. And I don't know whether that's sort of implicit. Mm-hmm. That might be something that's explored in Classic Who. It might be something that's explored in later seasons that I'm just not remembering at the moment. Yeah. But it is, yeah, it's an interesting hypothetical, isn't mm-hmm. it? How would you react if you were to reverse it so that I was to regenerate and I would go like, oh, but Sam, it's still me. Honestly? Yeah. I wouldn't. It'd be it'd be like a trip. I'm like, oh, man, like... Yeah. I, nothing, honestly. Genuinely nothing. Okay. If you, just you came... If that was a thing we all did, yeah. we lose our shells and we become... Well, that's different, isn't it? Because that's... Even, even in Doctor Who, it's not a normal thing to no, a no, human. No, 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 no. But I'm saying if... Assuming that was real, because otherwise we're dealing with a situation where I'm going, ah! ah! <laughs> Assuming it's real enough that I don't freak out. Yeah. No, why would I care? Oh, no, but I liked you the way you looked. Who cares? It's still a hurdle you have to get over, though. No, it wouldn't be. Why would it be? Are you assuming... I, I'm, I, don't, I know it's you, right? There's no doubt here. Okay. Is that the case? Yes. Well, let's let's take it so that it's like an exact mirror of what's happening in Doctor right. Who. You're kind of finding out as it's happening that this is a thing I can do. Right. It happens. Yeah. I look completely different. Mm-hmm. But I'm saying to you, oh, but I'm still me. If it's a thing where like, I'm, I'm unfamiliar with this concept. Yes. And you're springing it on me. Yeah. If like her, I've seen civilizations billions of years in the future, all that sort of thing. Yeah. I wouldn't be, I wouldn't doubt its possibility. Okay. But yes, I suppose there would be, mm, I yeah. don't know. But it, but yeah, but that's presuming that's premise off precisely in her shoes. Yes. If it's a case of, um, I suppose I am asking for future seasons. Okay. If I know that's a thing, and I I know this is how it works. Yeah. And then you just come back in a new body. I don't know why that would be there'd be any tragedy to that. Well, it's it's um, I suppose it also depends on the depth of the relationship, doesn't it? Why? Well, if you're sort of if you're not too familiar with an individual, like you're sort of like you're not. You're more than acquaintances, but you're not like, you know, oh, I, I, we go way back. I know you so well. Okay. If that person completely changes who they are. Right. You're going to go, okay, are you still the same person? I don't, I don't know if I believe that. Right. Whereas, I mean, we know each other so well mm-hmm. that it would probably be clear very quickly through yeah, our behavior. Yeah, yeah. Whether we are still the same person or not. Yes. Even if we have slightly different ticks or you know, slightly different quirks or whatever. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'd know very quickly if I'm talking to the same Sam. Yes. So I guess that the answer to that question does depend on the depth of the relationship. And I think within the context of... We'll, we'll go purely on Eccleston and Rose for the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think there's definitely a... The beginning of a deeper relationship there. Okay. Then I don't think they're... I don't know how long they're supposed to have known each other. Okay. Outside of... Because obviously, like... Your concept of time would just fall apart in the yeah. TARDIS, doesn't it? They say in, like, I think it's The Unquiet Dead, which is the third episode, mm-hmm. time is not linear. You can be born in the 21st century, die in the 19th century. Yes. So I don't know how time is supposed to move on the TARDIS. But yeah, it's like, oh, we're like, we're, we're good friends. 
okay. were good friends who were sorting to get to know each other on a deeper level. Yeah. That's sort of the, the, the point of their relationship when Christopher Eccleston re- regenerates. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't know. Why did you originally ask no, this that's question? fair enough. That's fair enough. It just, um, in that, I suppose, in that uh, exact context, it makes sense where she's kind of dubious and doesn't really know what's going on. Yeah. But I, I, more broadly speaking, I don't know why it would be considered sad. Okay. Um, anyway, time for Sam's Lexa Corner. Oh, go on then. Samuel. Words. Phrases. Sam's Lexa Corner. Yes, it's happened. Don't so worry. The, yeah, this is uh, in reference to something we were just, just talking about. Okay. Um, so it would be this idea of real world considerations kind of permeating the fictional world. Okay. So the fact that we bagged this actor, or you know this actor, but it, his treat, it's his or her treatment in the film is not a reflection of the character's importance, but of the actor's importance. Okay. Something like that. Okay. Or in Doctor Who, for instance, where re- really we're saying goodbye to the actor. That's why it's sad. Yes. And, it's, and that is why, the, and that dictates its portrayal. Okay. I'm going to call that penetriality. Okay. Penetriality. Penetriality. May I ask a question about you penetriality? May. In an instance where a husband and wife actors, mm. like actors who are husband and wife in real life, yeah. are in the same episode. Right. And there's like, I've seen this a couple of instances of this where like the husband will say something to the wife mm-hmm. and the character that the wife is playing will go, oh, you're not my type or something like that. Okay. Is that an instance of penetriality? No, that's dramatic irony. Right, Okay. Because it is, sort of. you have to be aware of the real life circumstances yeah, 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 yeah. for that joke to work, or for that. Uh, no, that's something. That's something else. I think. Okay. Um, I'm trying to give another example of penetrality that isn't this actor thing. A, a weird small example. So, in Peep Show, in the final episode, yeah, Hans decides that he's going to go live in Asia or something like that. Okay. When they've all failed, and he's just going to leave. Right. Whereas realistically in the universe of the show, this would just be another failed scheme. Mm-hmm. Like Jeremy doesn't really even like Hans, even though he's his best friend in a way. Yeah. When Hans is going, he says, yeah, I'm off now. And he lingers for a second and looks a bit upset. Okay. And then leaves. And Jeremy looks after him and he, he's teary-eyed. He says, all right, bye. In the universe of that show, that doesn't really make any sense. Okay. They would be kind of indifferent to him doing this. But because it was the final episode and their final scene together, there was emotion there. Right. Do you know what I mean? So it's sort of like real life circumstances. Yeah, infecting the informing. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. It penetrating, reality penetrating. Okay. And the husband and wife thing wouldn't be. I don't think that would count. Okay. No. I mean, I'm sure we'll find the the yes. fringes of this thing yes. as time goes on. But yes, okay, that's that, I, I feel like it's a decent starting place. Okay. Samuel, words, phrases. Sam's lexicon. And we're back. Okay. Uh, did you have any other questions about um, Doctor Who? Um, are you satisfied with the questions I've asked so far? Yeah, I don't think there's anything I want to say that I haven't. I yeah, mean, I didn't. I didn't want this to just become. Oh, what did you think about this super specific detail? Exactly. You know? Yeah, and it's you know, um, I didn't want to do an episode by episode breakdown either because I thought that would be kind of disingenuous. Okay. It would be better to just talk about the season as a whole, even though. 
by your own admission, the show should be considered as an episode-to-episode venture. Yes, but the fact of the matter is, when watching it, I wasn't sitting down making kind of notes about this episode, this episode. Yeah. I wanted to think of it collectively. Think, okay, these these are the highlights, these were the lowlights, you know. That. Okay. So yeah, the best episodes for me were Dalek and Father's Day. Yeah. And the worst were the two Satellite 5 okay. uh, episodes. Well, yeah. technically there's three, but yeah, it's... Yeah. Um, Bad Wolf. The Long Game and Bad yeah. Wolf, yeah. Waste of Simon Pegg, do you think? Yeah, I think so. It, I think he clearly he wanted to play a villain. Yes. Like, uh, but yeah, they were much better. I mean, this is... What was this? 2005. So yeah. he'd just done Shaun of the Dead. Mm-hmm. So he was known, I guess. Oh, it's, yeah. it's not as if, like, oh, this is a role he played before he was a known mm. figure. Like, he was known. I know he was known, yeah. He wasn't as big as he was today. Mm-hmm. But yeah, even back then, it, it's still... I. It's not the biggest waste of an actor in the show. Okay. But it is one of those, like, oh, I wish Simon Pegg was, you know... Yeah. They'd used him better. Especially since the episode itself is very, you know, yeah. disposable and, like, oh, we didn't need this. Yes. Adam is interesting. I think he's called Adam. The guy that they pick up in Dalek, um, who's kind of working for Henry Van Staten. Yes. And then he leaves the series in the following episodes. Mm-hmm. It's a slight spoiler, but he never comes up again. Yeah, I think they were planting the seeds for a potential storyline there okay. that never manifests. Because I feel like that that like stood out to me way back. I know that mm. like when you when you think back on how you perceived the show when you were younger, you do sort of impose like it's sort of through the filter of your adult brain. Right. So like the critical knowledge that you have now, you're sort of superimposing that on yeah. your simpler view of things when yes. you were younger. But I feel like even back then I found it strange that oh, but this guy's gone now. I thought he was supposed. He's traveling with the Doctor. Why is he? Gone? Well, he's punished, doesn't he, for for bringing future technology back? Yes. And yeah, that feels like planting the seeds of ooh, something could go wrong there. Or, you know. Okay. But for whatever reason, they either just moved on, like oh yeah, we're we're sort of done with that. Yeah. Or the actor wasn't available. Who knows? Yeah. But, yeah. No, that is an odd little. But maybe it was it was introducing the idea of extra companions. Maybe because it it. it uh, yeah, you say, as you say, it's it's about um, it's punishing him because he sort of brought technology back from the future. Yes. So I guess it's kind of showing that you can fuck up in the Doctor's eyes. Yeah, yeah, there are rules. But then the following episode is Father's Day. Yeah. In which Rose commits a much bigger faux pas. Mm-hmm. And faux the, pas. Well, she does. <laughs> it is a faux pas, isn't it? Is it a faux pas? <laughs> Saving your father when he should be dead. Yeah. That's that's not. No, I mean, it's faux pas strong enough. A word. <laughs> Well, how would you how would you say it? What's the word you would use? Uh, she breaks a law of physics. <laughs> yeah, okay. And yeah, I thought you'd come up with something more fun than. Oh right. That. I don't know. I'm not saying faux pas is fun. F- faux, faux pas without the s, so it's like father faux pas. There you go. Oh okay. I'm trying to be clever there. Um, yeah, she's the episode should be called faux pas. Faux pas. Uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> I, I demand that all future releases of Series 1 of Doctor Who, Father's Day, should be changed to yeah, faux pas. Um, yeah, and the Doctor... They have a row. Yeah. But the Doctor does forgive her. Yes. You know, he says, like, oh, you know, we're done. Yeah. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to drop you off back home. We're done. Well, he doesn't want to bone Harry, does he? <laughs> um, <laughs> although, at that point, I don't know if he does... No. I'm sure Rose might have those feelings, but I don't know if he has those feelings. It would be interspecies intercourse, wouldn't it? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Should be able to shape water, basically. <laughs> well, not not quite as um, disgusting as that. Well, no, because isn't it? I, th- it's, I think it's a season. Well, it'd have to be. I feel like it's said at some point. Obviously, he's got two hearts, hasn't he? Yeah. Um, it's said that he could come back with two heads, like, 
anything could happen. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if that's the case. But that's a joke, is it? Yeah, I think that's a joke. Okay, why must he look human then? No, I think the idea is that we look Gallifreyan. That's the justification the show uses. But, uh, for God's sake. Because Time Lords are all But if you can humans. change your gender, again, in inverted commas... And race. And race. Yeah. Then why can't you be the, you know, the, the smaller face of Bo? I don't know. It's sort of like... There is a set biology. This is going too far into, like, the, you know... I know. This is going too far into it. But, like, there is, like, a... a no, sort of, this isn't going too far no, into no, it. No, no, I feel like there is... No, going too far into it is, like, the precise minutiae of, well, if you travel back to this time, then this should happen this time. Things like that. It's like, we'll get that, we'll get that groundwork out of the way <laughs> so we can build on it. Well, no, there has to be... Surely, there, there would have to be a... Um, a blueprint biology that the regeneration has to work from. It's not a case of, oh, you could literally, like, the doctor could come back as a snake. Like, they... Yeah. They would have, like, a blueprint that the type that the regeneration is working off. Would they? Why Why would you have a blueprint? If you can mutate race and gender... Well, you can't... Gender, you, you couldn't, like, regenerate into something that has more matter than the thing you regenerated from, because you're just... Well, they, they do do that. Well... <laughs> Do you see what I'm going with this? No. Though? Okay. <laughs> I saw. I sort of know. Like they've ba- they've sort. There's got to be like a, a cookie cutter. Yeah. But re- realistically, they're not following that anyway. Why are they not following it? Because Jody Jody Whittaker is is worlds apart from Peter Capaldi. Yes. Even though they're both human looking and they've got two arms and two legs. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why in the in the specifics and the chemistry and biology of Doctor Who why he couldn't look like an alien. I'm not saying it's snake. It'd have to be something again, penetrality, that like an actor would it would require little makeup or little yeah supplement. You know, yeah. I get that. But is this purely a case of um, penetrality? Well, well I it's mean, just got it's got to be a human actor, so <laughs> it's gonna have to. Look we're like. talking about pre-series twelve Doctor Who. Yeah, as you know, because this again, this is something that I know we made the promise at the beginning. Yes, at the beginning of this discussion, I should say. But this is something we've already talked about. They do kind of retcon what regeneration is. Yeah. To no real effect, I feel. The only purpose of that change, I feel, is to sort of add mystery back to Doctor Who. Right. Because by by virtue of a show going on for as long as it is, you're naturally going to sort of dive into the mythology of it, aren't you? Mm. They've done this with so many things. Like the Lego movie, for example. The Lego movie is... um, you have like the, you find out at the end of the film that it's a kid playing with the toys and the film that we're seeing is sort of like a it's basically his imagination yeah isn't it the second film goes deeper into that mm. to the point where it starts to like contradict itself and not make sense and Doctor Who has done that it's sort of it's it's gone on for so long and it's sort of tried to explore the mythology behind it for so long and to such depth yeah, that it's I mean, starting to complicate itself too much. From what I know about the big reveal as well, yeah, it seems like telesocial engineering. There is which, that component yeah. of it as well, which is probably the most the the the, the one of the main reasons they did it is oh, to yeah. sort of introduce diversity to the character and uh, or retcon kind of, diversity into the yeah character. Retroac- retrospectively retroactively, but like going back into Genesis and saying a god was a she, by the way. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I'm yeah. Literally fucking with a creation myth <laughs> of the whole thing. Yeah. Well, there's three things that it does, right? It mm. it it it, it, it retroactively, like I said, it re- retroactively implements diversity. Yeah. It urbanizes. It um, urbanizes. Well, yeah. yes. We yeah. find out that, as far as we can tell, the very first incarnation of the Doctor was a black girl. Yes. 
The second thing it does is it sort of kind of gets rid of the regeneration limit. Mm-hmm. So it sort of it sort of um, implies that the Doctor could hypothetically mm. regenerate an infinite amount of times, whereas up until now the story has been like, oh, the Doctor only has twelve regenerations, mm-hmm. which is a rule they've already broken. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's basically like setting it up so this show could potentially go on forever mm-hmm. because oh, there's no limit of actors that can play this character now. And the third thing it does it's, is it sort of like I think it's supposed to reintroduce mystery to the character. Okay. So it's supposed to kind of like, oh yeah, you know all of this like detail about the Doctor, the Doctor's from this planet, and there's this race, and this mm. is kind of the minutiae of what... Like, it's sort of saying, oh, but that's not the case now. The Doctor actually has a different origin that you don't know about. Mm-hmm. But I don't feel like... Oh, I'm breaking my promise. Because I was going to say, I don't feel like it actually does that. It's not as if it's added mystery to it. Okay. We still don't know, like, what regeneration is. We still don't know exactly where the Doctor's from. We still okay. don't know many details about her childhood or his childhood. It's just kind of adding detail that, you know... Yeah. Whereas before, it's like, oh, the Doctor comes from this planet. Now it's, oh, the Doctor was originally found on this planet by these people, mm-hmm. and then they took the, the ability that the Doctor had. And But it doesn't, like... It's kind of writing in the margins of history, in a way. Yeah, it doesn't sort of change anything. It, it changes things in that like oh I and guess God, and God said let there be light also I'm a girl <laughs> <laughs> yeah it changes in the, things in the in the sense that oh I guess I'm supposed to now watch Aliens in London where the Doctor is uh, telling off a farting monster and I'm supposed to be sad that he's not but isn't Doctor Who kind of like the ideal viewing experience is like a Japanese bullet train like you don't go back it's only forward if you go if you're going back with the knowledge you've got now it just corrupts everything. Um, so I just don't think about the past. <laughs> just, just look <laughs> ahead. All right, don't look behind me. Well, it depends, doesn't it? Because the, the monkey's the, paw the, or fact, something. the fact that it is episodic makes it so easy to sort of view it in a syndicated fashion. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That you can just jump. Sorry, you can just jump back into a random episode yeah. and you'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Um, Acid reflux capacitor. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> This is something that, yeah, the reason I... Should we, should we take, get to, because we're going to get to this stuff, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. 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 I apologise for bringing it up. Yeah, yeah. I got carried away there, because this is something that I want to, I want to see your reaction to it. Yes. I don't want to, mm-hmm. I don't want to give you an expectation going in. Yeah. I genuinely want you to see whether this is a good thing or not. Yeah. Or sort of decide whether this is a good thing or not. Mm-hmm. So I apologise for that. Please Sorry. forget everything I just said. Okay. That goes for you, <laughs> listener, as well, if you want. Okay. Um... So we'll kind of wrap up series one of Doctor Who. So broadly, yes. you 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 are um, you have good feelings towards I like the first it. series. Okay, I like it. Okay, I'm sort of looking forward to continuing to watch it. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, that's kind of a surprise. Okay, but I get watching something without stakes. I know that sounds stupid. Yeah, but whenever you try a new show that's supposed to be good, it feels like you don't want to lose it. Like, oh, that's a shame. But I, I, at this point, I, I watch so much. Yeah, that it sort of doesn't matter to me if something's bad. Do you okay. know what I mean? So I asked for it's replaced by the next thing. But it is nice to kind of... Maybe maybe it's because of the removal of expectation in a way. Okay. I'm enjoying it as much. That's kind of damning it with, you know, <laughs> by saying that. But um, no, I do. I, I like it. Good. Okay. And there's nothing else you wanted to say about it in particular? I don't think so. Okay. The actress who plays uh, the Slitheen woman... Yes. Uh, she's fucking annoying. <laughs> I don't know what her name is. Yeah. I haven't seen her in anything else, actually. No, that I like that, that I can recall. Um, yeah, yeah. No, she sucks. Um, which is disappointing, because I like the idea of Boomtown, which... Yeah, it's a really she, good which, is, which she is, like, his main supporting character in that episode. Again, that's just... The, I think that was a mix of... Well, A, it's a good kind of philosophical sort of discussion. Yeah. 
through a sci-fi prism, mm. which is what sci-fi at its best does. That discussion being... Uh, should she be... They're going to kill her. The punishment for her crime is death with her people. Yes. So... Should you isn't, take her back Isn't he up? just a murderer for... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. For, yeah. But also probably... We need one episode where we can just film in Cardiff Bay. <laughs> there is that, uh, yeah. Like their version of a bottle episode, you know? Yeah, and they do do that. <laughs> yeah, Russell T. Davis doesn't have the kindest um, opinion of, of Cardiff, does he? No. No. He doesn't. I, like, Torchwood, the spin-off show, is actually set in Cardiff. Oh, yeah. I, I haven't seen Torchwood, so I have no idea whether to even recommend it to you. I don't know, I just never kept up with okay. it. I mean, it was it was sort of positioned as, like, the mature Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. I think the second episode has a sex monster in it. Right. Okay. Um, so it's like, oh, this is like from like... Well, like Kevin Spacey. <laughs> <laughs> no. Well, it's no. the BBC, mate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's one or two in there, definitely. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, this is more in hindsight, but I wonder right. if you'd be, you'd be able to pinpoint the exact moment we destroyed our careers. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Yeah. Probably when I said that... I'm, I'm repeating it because, you know. Um, <laughs> when I said that there's an irony in the fact that Harvey Weinstein's victims only had their platform because they sucked dick. Yeah, that probably didn't. That help. might be. That might have been the final nail in the yeah. coffin. Um, but oh, oh well, everyone's gonna die anyway. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah. On that note, should we wrap up? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So series one, Thumbs Doctor up. Who, good. Do you yes. recommend uh, series one of Doctor Who? Yeah. Why not? Just, just uh, don't go expecting a prestige drama. Okay. But yes. yes. And it has aged. It has, yeah. View it with the generosity. We've talked about this before. View it with the generosity that you afford to other things. Do you know what I mean? Okay. Like, this retconning thing, this is getting broad now, but like, um, you know, Thomas Jefferson now was not a great president because he had slaves and all. And okay. again, things are complex and blah, 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 blah. Yeah, blah. Yeah. But like, I've, I've definitely mentioned this on a podcast. I don't know if it stayed in. But when we, as a uni course, were watching Jaws, and then when the shark was revealed, and it looks kind of rubbish. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and someone just laughed, and I just felt like, fuck you. Okay. It was made in 1975 and, like, with quite low budget conditions, and you couldn't make a better film than Jaws. Yeah. Now, fuck you. Yeah, yeah. I hate that. We all must have collective jank concession to old films. <laughs> or old that TV shows. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yes, two thumbs up. Okay. Well, I think the nice thing as well, especially with Russell T. Davis, Russell T. Davis's mm. run, where it's pretty consistent, I would say, yeah. in terms of like the age of it mm-hmm. and the craft of it. So yeah, the whole thing, you have to approach it going like, okay, this is going to look cheap. It's going to look yeah, yeah. not great. But even though the craft has aged, mm-hmm. like good writing doesn't that, that, age. It doesn't, doesn't. Maybe that's a bias we have because I feel like whenever I watch anything, mm. I'm lasering through the presentation, the DNA of it. Yeah. All the time. Like, I'm thinking, I'm literally picturing the words on the page. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I would recommend it. Yeah. Yes. And you would not recommend The Hunt? I would not. Okay. No. Nor would I. I would agree with you. I would recommend okay. Series 1 of Doctor Who with the asterisks of... Yes. There is good writing in there and there is, there is like, gold in them hills, mm. but, you know... Approach also, with caution. Yes, approach yes. with caution. And I would not recommend The Hunt because... It's not well. It's not well executed, and as it were, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's not well executed, and you know, maybe the idea was good to begin with, but mm. I don't know. It's not the the strongest foundation to make a film. I think no. Uh, okay, so next episode we'll be talking about season two of Doctor Who. Yeah, and something else. Maybe. And something else. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna have to find something to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. On that note, cheerio, chums. See ya.